Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Controllers in Couches. I am first half of the duo for Metal Chicken. I'm Steph. And this is technically round two of. What uh, the hell are we gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, because uh, we recorded this prior to this and it failed. We got an hour in and we got 40 minutes further than the audio recording. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of got disheartened and then. We took a break because we had to go get a flu shot, yep. and then we had dinner, and we're back. Yeah, because it kind of crashed and made this sound like... I sounded like I was sucked in the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it kind of went blurg. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting, to say the least. So, um, How you doing, fam? I'm good. I've been playing lots and 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 lots of Call of Duty. And by that you mean you've only done one hour this whole week. Yeah, pretty much. I've got so much work to do on it because I don't think I'm going to make it in time to get the end of season two. I'm sure you will. Not tonight, you got tomorrow, you'll be fine. Yeah, so, like, I mean, this will probably go for about an hour and a half, two hours, and then... Yeah, you've got time. You can stay up late. Yeah. Sleepies for the meek and the weak. But Doom is so good. Yeah. And there was so much good conversation we had prior that I've completely forgotten. Me what too, I said. to be honest. Yeah, but you because know what? <laughs> I don't understand why it's always oh correct. Stop shaking the table for exactly. the fifth time today. But see, I had to do that because <sighs> that's what you said last time as well. No disrespect, like I'm not having a go at you, but also I imagine it hurts your ears. So yeah. But um, um, where was I going with this? Corona. It is corona no, we're time. we're talking about something. Yeah. And then coffee. I yelled, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But um, essentially, in Australia at the moment, and especially Victoria, we have quarantine. Well, not quarantine. I said the exact same thing last time. Self-isolation. Stage three isolation. I Don't go out. I was in self-isolation for seven days, and then I had to remove myself from my burrow today because we went and we got our flu shots. Um, I am honestly so pissed, beyond pissed off. At the amount of people... Like, there wasn't a car space empty at Bunnings. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, people were out, like... It was Boxing Day. I don't think people understand the definition of stay the fuck home. No, they don't. And see, the thing is, unless you have a reason to be out, don't be out. Just stay home. I understand there's people out there who are used to being social butterflies. Now is not the time to be a social butterfly. It's time to be a social caterpillar. Um, can I also say today today I had to get temp checked when we were walking into the chemist and that's the first time it, ha- has, it ever happened to me ever and I was like shit this is real. Like yeah. it actually hit me because I haven't been out for a week um, and I was like shit like stores had um Numbers like printouts of the amount of people maximum they could have in their store. Yeah. As soon as you walked in at the chemist, someone took your temperature, and then they were like, "Yeah, please proceed to the end." And they split up the chairs, and because we were all there getting our, because um, you have to book it in, and we booked it in months in advance. And who bloody knew? The one time where I booked an appointment late in the afternoon because I thought that I would have just finished uni, you would have been busy from work yesterday, you'd be tired, you'd want to sleep in. I'd finish uni a little bit earlier than normal and I would meet you there and we'd just both do it because we had the same time slot because I just booked for the two of us. Yeah. And the one time I plan an afternoon appointment is the one time where everything has to be on shutdown. Exactly. (laughs) And it would have been a lot easier to go in the morning, but we didn't end up. So 
because I booked it obviously in the afternoon. But we went, we got injected with the quadvalent influenza strain. So hopefully we'll have a second winter where we're flu free. Exactly. But this, the thing with influenza is obviously you're going to go and get a quad strain vaccine. Yeah. However, if you are susceptible to flu uh, like symptoms, mainly pneumonia, obviously different people respond differently differently to everything so it all depends on your immune system unless you're immunocompromised unless you're too young or too old don't be looking to get it but seriously get it because it will compound with coronavirus oh it is going to compound whether you get a flu and then you get corona or you get corona and then you get the flu yeah um just go out there and get it yeah because it will be really really bad if you and everyone will be too worried about corona rather than the flu so yeah. the flu will spread through like wildfire as well absolutely so it did us wonders last year yeah because um you know we she was survived. so good like we went to uni with her and she's so lovely oh yeah um and i was so like how do you say for someone thank you for what you're doing but also it's not worth being out here for us you know because like, I, I don't have a choice. I have to go to work. I know, but like but she had to wear a mask because, because she's in, she's in the medical yeah. profession, right? And so I was like, please just stay healthy. And she, the poor thing, looked like she was about to pass out. But she yeah. can't not take her mask. She can't take her mask off. No. But obviously because of the filters, it puts pressure on your breathing. Yeah. Because you've got to force air through and you get so hot. And she was like, Steph, I had to take my glasses off. Because she had to wear glasses as well, and she couldn't deal with it. Yeah. And she's like, what arm do you want me to inject you? I'm like, whatever suits you. Put it in my face if it's easier for you. Like, you tell me. I'm putting you out. She goes, I'm going to go on the left. And I'm like, done. Let me roll up my sleeve for you. Yep. So, what do you do? But she was lovely as always. But I just fucking stay home, people. Absolutely. Just do it. Unless you're forced to go out. If you go out in groups of... Less than two. Less than two. Two or less, because if you go above that, you're going to get fined. Good. Police will stop you. You could potentially face jail if you are infected with COVID-19 and you infect someone else. But as we touched briefly on last time about, you know, the MHC complex, everyone's going to respond to this differently and there's going to be... No one's safe, though. No. That's the point. You're going to get it. Unless you have a mutation that makes you unsusceptible to this virus, you're stuffed. Oh, also, talking about getting things, oh, um, Australia Post at the moment is just so lagged, it's hilarious. Not that I blame them. Yeah, they're under a lot of stress. But they're already under a lot of stress with this. We spoke about this literally three yeah, hours Yeah, because we got ago. something delivered yesterday and it arrived no, today. No, we got it today. Yeah. It was technically supposed to come Friday. Yeah. Right? But it didn't. And it's un- See, the shit thing with the... Pre- I should preface this is... The Australian Post system, they're an amazing service. They're technically civil servants, aren't they? Because it's yeah. part of the Australian government. Um, but they're already overloaded. Yeah. So on top of that, everyone is saying, please save our stores, save our economy by shopping online. And so you do that. But you're already overloading an already overloaded system. Yep. So you a can't... severely overloaded system. You can't do more. And then so the thing is... is you pay for so these places that you spend money in to support them, right? They have, quote-unquote, a sale. And so I got, what was it, 50% plus my 5% membership discount. So it's 55% total. And 
So that was a good deal. But the point of is what some stores do is they hide those savings. Instead of passing it on to the customer, they move it to their shipping. Yeah. Right? So people are paid exorbitant amount amounts of money for shipping, like whether it be expressed, expedited, overnight, whatever you want to call it, right? As opposed to standard, because they want to make that money difference. Big time. And so to put into perspective, I know you spoke about Amazon running their employees into the ground. Technically, the courier was Oztrack. Yeah. But the other thing too is, I suppose, Ospost kind of values their employees, whereas... <laughs> Jeff Bezos does not. No. And there has been cases in the past where, where people, people have literally died, died on at the floor work. and nothing has been done. So, I mean, obviously, and someone was actually telling me ages ago about the question of some people go, oh, you know, there's people on push bikes and there's people on, you know, in motorbikes. Sometimes it's a case of, from what I've heard, is... The more senior staff have already got the postal bikes. There's people who aren't good at riding a bike in the sense they don't have this the... This isn't even bikes. This is the actual trucks. Yeah. This is the couriers of Australia Post. I mean, we right. got UPS. We had start... Like, I ordered... Um, what was this? Two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, that was when we had the real big cold snap. And I was like, oh, shit. Because we get... In my room, I get a lot of, um, like, water buildup. Yeah. And then that will lead to mold if I don't clean it every three or four days. Absolutely. And there's literally nothing you can do. I have purchased, I've bleached the wall, I've vinegared the wall, I wipe it down every day, like a couple of times a day. I've put out the um, what are they, the, the calcium crystals, the the moisture absorber boxes. Yeah. No matter what, it doesn't work. And then so I thought, you know what, let's just this year try a little... Um, dehumidifier and thus far like obviously it hasn't been cold cold but it works like a champ yeah absolutely and so to pay for it was only like getting the items less than 60 bucks to, to get it here expedited so next day shipping yeah I paid a third of the cost of the item but that bitch rocked up yeah so you're paying an exorbitant amount of money for your shipping yeah but it gets here finally Right? No, but the it got here that day. Not So, bought it on the Thursday night at around 10 p.m. It came here and the delivery guy rocked up at 6 and he was like, we will be there by 7 p.m., the la- 8 p.m. the latest. Yeah. You will have it. And then they text you. And like, where on, like, so they do their, like, the, the drop off before you and they text you, an automated system texts you saying, you know, we're on our way to you. And then it says, you know, similar to Uber, where meet you at the door. That's what Star Trek did. Yeah. So I was at the door. I did my hand off. His name was George. I didn't have to sign anything. George gives me my package. I say, stay healthy, George. I lock my door and I set it up. Yeah. As opposed to the Post system where you pay a fucking... Like, technically, I didn't have to pay for it because the system counted everything as full price before it did the shipping and the discounts. So, so it quotation marks charged me the four hundred almost four hundred dollar card. A lot. And then it said, "Oh, here's your free sh- free um, express shipping because I spent shit. It had to be over three hundred and fifty dollars to qualify for express shipping. Yeah, right. Been, yeah. And then with all my um, bonuses on top of that, and then it, they gave it to me for free still like the." 
express your opinion. So it's like, oh, yeah, sweet. But you're paying fucking money. Oh, absolutely. Right? So they can get stuffed. It, the, their shit is already... We've already calculated how expensive it is for them to make it. Yeah. Like, full price, one of those jars of fucking candle wax is $40, $50. Yeah. Right? That's I can make that if once I've bought all my stock, you can take into consideration everything. Yes, it's a bit more expensive because the jar is glass, but they make that shit once it's in bulk for like two, three bucks a pop. Oh, a stupid It's amount. a massive markup for them. So what are you going to do about it? But what do you, still 55% off. It yep. got here eventually. It, the system still thinks it's in Sydney. Yeah. But the, my box is here. <laughs> Which is the good thing. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, anything else? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, I've been, haven't read anything. I've more just been playing a lot of Doom um, and a lot of Call of Duty. That's pretty much it, but only because work's been hectic. But um, we also were looking at watching uh, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Yes, because you mentioned that all yeah. the movies that were supposed to come out yeah. are now forced onto DVD right now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're going to have that out. What's it called again? Bloodshed? Bloodshot. So yeah, essentially Bloodshot. he's a... He's Maybe it's up on the streaming service somewhere already. Who knows? Potentially. Be worth checking out. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it looked no. interesting from the trailer. Um, but we'll have to have a look. It's on digital. Ah, sweet. Yeah. So, so it's a Sony movie and they pushed it straight to digital. Oh, Let well, me see if go. you can... See. I think you have to purchase it. That's how they're going to make their money. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think you have to purchase it from um, Sony Pictures. And then you can watch it. On digital. So say that I want to buy it and... So you can get it on Apple TV, Prime Video, Google Play, Voodoo, get it from Microsoft, Fandango Now, um, Movies Anywhere, PlayStation 4, Fios, Verizon, Xfinity, and On Demand. So if I say buy it now, digital, it won't even load. Jeez, that's a It won't even stuff. load. I would, I'd go for the Microsoft one. It's not even loading. <laughs> Yay, internet for the win. Um, all right, here it goes. So it takes me to the US store. Yep. Uh, and it's $19.99 US bucks. So that would be about... Mm, what? Let's go USD to AUD. Be about twenty nine. No, yeah, be about thirty bucks Australian. Probably a bit. It's longer. almost. It's like sixty one Australian dollars. Yeah. Let's try that again. Because we're thirty two forty eight. Thirty two forty eight. I. Yeah. That's a Blu ray. Yeah. Let alone a SD. Exactly. Um, thing, but obviously they have to make their money. But I'll just. Oh shit! So that's standard. Oh, no, sorry. So standard def, high def, and ultra high def for all same price. Yeah. Because we only just saw that trailer in the cinemas. So I wanted to buy... Oh, fuck. Please don't. No, no, no. Oh, even if I did, I think I have money in that account anyway. Oh, thank God I had to log in. Oof! Oof! But we literally only just saw that in the cinema, like, trailers. The trailer. Yeah, that's really sad. I heard they delayed Black Widow. I heard they delayed... Um ton of stuff to be honest i'm sorry i can't remember off the top of my head because i'm an idiot no it's all good so yeah corona's going up stuff's going down spend money save the economy but nothing's going to get to you 
But look at, for instance, uh, Myers. Myers closing is only online, and as you said before, uh, it's survival. Myers found was founded depression. in the depression. Yeah, so a lot of essential sales that are made in store are now going to shift online. So essentially, the whole supply chain is going to change. And can I also just stipulate, as someone who worked largely in retail for a large amount of time, no one makes money during this period anyway. No. The next big shop session is Mother's Day. Yeah. So essentially, what's going to happen, I think once this all goes back to normal, people are going to... People do a little bit more shopping during Easter time. Easter, unless you're... No disrespect to anyone, but unless you're of Christian faith, whether it be Orthodox or Catholic or whatever, Easter's not a big deal. And you spend more money at Easter on food and chocolate, like chocolate-based food, um, and a little bit on decor and stuff. But it's not as big a time as Christmas... uh, What do they call that one with the... The romance one. Valentine's Day. That's the one. Um, A little bit at Easter, a crap ton at Mother's Day, and then for Mother's Day you have to hold out until mid-year sales... And then they start their, um, what do they call it? The end of uh, season stuff. Yeah, the end of financial so, so that's the middle of the year. Yeah. And then you get to September, October, and that's when the real Christmas sales start in. So yeah. from halfway through September to middle of January, that's when sales are being made. Absolutely. So, I don't know. but Big time. Big time sales. All the big time sales. So I don't know. But now everything is just going to be online. Is what they're going to... Yes, because some members from an older generation may not necessarily want to purchase online. Yes. But on the topic of making money, um, we... Well, I was kind enough... Well, actually, I was lucky enough to receive a phone call from a prince from Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's like... It's been good the last two weeks. I mean, I've had a couple of calls from Nigeria... One from Russia, one from Botswana. So there's a, you know, apparently I have inheritance. So uh, rolling in, rolling in bank. You're fine, matey. Mate, You're fine. I'm going to cruise through this. Do you imagine how... Could you could you imagine, drop a million bucks a day and you'd still have money. Imagine all the rubles. And you'd, you'd still have money. You'd still have money for the next Absolutely. five generations of your so, family, the amount of money the they're offering But the thing is, though, you. it's as simple as me just giving them my bank details. It's that easy. I know. You know, it's fantastic. Give them your credit card, but make sure you give them the four digits at the back of your card. Exactly. Just to make sure, they're ultra sure that it's you. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I'm going to need you to take the cap off your credit card just so I can make sure it's you. Yeah, done. Absolutely. No, I'll make sure I do that. So, uh, And then in case they need to help me with my actual um, uploading of digital data, I'll just, you know, drop my firewall as well for them so they can gain some access. You know, just it's make nothing it so- major. No, it's not. Nothing major at all. It's fine. You make that money, sweetie. <sighs> I will. I will. I, you know, I'm awesome. 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 I'm awesome, awesome at Monopolis. Awesome, yeah. Awesome totally. at Mo- Monopolis. You know, for such a smart guy... You actually are not that good at Monopoly. No. When it comes to actual legitimate strategy, I'm sorry, but you don't... But I'm badass at Jenga. I'm extremely badass at Jenga. Jenga, I'll give you, because it's like you're an engineer. But anything else, you have no statistical forethought. Well, you know, there was this one time we were playing a multiplayer game of uh, Command and Conquer, and the best way to beat the computer is just turn it off. There you go, done. Done, sorted, handled. So, uh, All right, jump into today's quiz then. Yep, yep, let's do it. 
Oh, or do we skip the quiz because we already did it? No, we did the quiz. All right. We do the quiz. Okay. Uh, as always, everyone, if there's a specific portion of the podcast you want to listen to, um, be sure to hit up our description and you can fast track yourself. Um, for those people who were here, we kind of already know what level of uh, random knowledge we have, but we're going to re-record it for sanity's sake. But uh, we're lucky because I pretty much got a perfect score. Yeah, I got... Too wrong, you got... I'm going to select it as if I selected it before. Yeah. You got 100% before, so you don't need to change anything. Yeah. Uh, which of the following Shakespeare plays is about star-crossed lovers? Is it A, Twelfth Night, B, Macbeth? Can you imagine? Sutton? That's not what Macbeth is about. No. C, A Midsummer Night's Dream, or D, Romeo and Juliet? I went for Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo, we're out there, Romeo. I'm in the glove box. And then... um. <laughs> We had which aviator famously disappeared over the Pacific in 1937. Oh, he got in a box, but in the glove box. True. Oh. Oh. Shattered. So we have Amelia Earhart, Chuck Yeager, Charles Lindbergh, and Howard Hughes. And I went for Amelia Earhart. I could have made it a little bit harder and made another woman there. I know, right? No, that's to make that which one. Which character does Gwyneth Paltrow play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Maria Hill, Pepper Potts. Wonder Maximoff or Hella. Pity you know it wasn't Iron Man, but um, I went for Pepper Potts. Your turn, fam. Okay. Once this scrolls, uh, which of the following is not an original Tootsie Pop flavor? Obviously, this is American. Uh, strawberry, chocolate, blueberry, or oranges? I went orange. I went strawberries. How do you know this? I don't know. It just seemed out of place. Really? Because yeah. I thought people... I thought strawberry and chocolate were the two most basic flavours anyone could no. give. Citrus, orange juice. Because a Tootsie Pop is an, like an icy pole. Yeah, but orange... All right, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there was which of the following is not a multiple of eight? And we had four, 16, 64, 128. And the answer was four. So. If you have to count down, it's a factor. Yes. But if you... Sorry. If you have to wind down from the number, it's a factor. But if you can build the number up, mm-hmm. it's a multiple. That's how I taught myself yep. in the good old grade two. Grade trois. It's got me this far. Grade two. Uh, which of these chemicals does... I'm so sorry. You know what I've noticed? I need to take a detour. I hard roll an S. Yeah. I don't know how to stop that. I don't know. Do I need to go to vocal training? No. I, I listened back to the footage... And I hate with the sound of my voice. I, d- I did it again. I don't know how to just cut the S off. No, you just... It's linguistics. Some people roll it, other people don't. It depends on your vocalisation skills and what languages you can speak. It's because so, I'm a wog. So essentially, if you're multilingual, you, then, you, you generally will be able to enunciate mm. differently. Mm. So... Um, this is my paternal grandparents' fault, okay? Uh, I look if at they it, spoke to me in English... I wouldn't have this issue. Anyway. But see, I can speak potato and pirate. Okay. So, A, iridium. D, iodine. C, indium. Or D, iron. Iron for the win. F-E fam. F-E fam. And then we had, according to the UN, or according to the UN, Greenland (laughs) is considered to be a place where the virus doesn't normally go in pandemic. Unless you Um, touch it. Unless you touch it. So, essentially, according to the UN, Greenland is considered to be a country, a continent, or neither of these. Neither, because it's, it's an island. It's an island in Island. Okay. 
And the next one was, which of the following is not a song by Imagine Dragons? It's Time, We Are Young, Radioactive, and Thunder. I chose It's Time, but that's wrong. Yeah, you were right. I chose We Are Young. and uh, This is my question. Yes. How many ships does each player set up in the game Battleship? I'm sure my brother who's listening to this is having Vietnam flashbacks. Because I command and conquer in Battleship. Yep. Is it three, four, five, or six? And it's it was five. five, fam. That one, that's going to be my... When I inevitably get Alzheimer's disease, that's the one fact that will be stuck in my brain. Yep. And then the final one was, who painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Now, we follow this as the Sistine as Residue Chapel. Yes. Not so a residue. Exactly. Haha, <laughs> pop quiz. So, yeah, Sistine with a I'm C, so not an S. <laughs> If so, you look at the meme yeah. presentation of, of the, the antigen, antigen at the Sistine, Sistine Chapel and laugh. laugh. Is it A, Michelangelo? B, Leonardo mm, da Vinci? Leonardo da Vinci? F, Romain Brun or G, Gustave Klimt? And we went for Michelangelo. And uh, yeah, correct, Michelangelo. So essentially, I got 10 out of 10. So I've. Yeah, because got... we've already answered it, it comes with. A different banner at the bottom. Is yeah. that what you got? No. But I got okay, fine. Uh, I got a different banner, but um, I got eight out of ten. Yeah, I got always. supersonic mega mind. I'm in awe as to how big your brain is. You deserve the Nobel Prize in brain size. I mean, that I don't think that it's a category, but I'm going to invent it just for you. You're welcome. Thanks. Yes, I scored better than 100% of quiz takers. Yeah. Snapperoonals. Alrighty, um, is there anything you want to cover before we get into this? I'm going to have a um, drink let's from see. my silicon straw. I see the uh, chicken Kiev. Um, what would be the greatest chicken Kiev ever? What makes the chicken Kiev so good? Is it the garlic? Is it the herbs? Is it the creamy cheesy, cheesy cream? Or is it the breadcrumbs of the bread It's crummy? a little bit of everything. A little bit so of everything? you need a premium cut chicken. Oh. You need to have it crispy on the outside. Yep. But you also need it to be cooked inside as well, like thorough cooking. Yeah. And you also want your sauce to be thin enough that it runs out as you cut it. Yeah. But not too thin that it sweats out when yeah. you cook it. Exactly. Which one did we buy the other day when it was pretty good? We got the... Uh, Steggles. The Steggles creamy garlic. Yeah. Um, not the, the frozen one. Yeah. The, in the blue box, not the fresh one. Yeah. Is a fresh one, even if you defrost, like I defrost, because I put them in the freezer individually, in individual bags, but then when I cook them, well, before I cook them, I defrost them. Yeah. And when you do that, it does sort of, like, obviously take the ice away, but I feel like the sauce in those ones is a lot different, but the cut of the chicken is different and the breading of the chicken is different. Like, I feel like the one in the box is breaded. Yeah. As opposed to the one in the plastic tray that you get from the meat department. That's just me. Yeah, but still, chicken Kiev time. Your computer sounds like it's dying. No. Just focus on the waveforms. Yes, focus on the waveforms. No, it's, it's going okay. on happily. Alrighty, all righty, toy. Anything else you want to mention before we Delve get into up it. today? No, all good. Delve all in. All right. So before we get started, uh, I want to take a, make, take a moment to state a few disclaimers. Number one, there is a trigger warning for today's episode because we will unfortunately not be discussing suicide but mentioning in passing and talking about uh, the reasons how and the why. Not how, but the why. Yeah, purely right? just we're going to remain to unbiased. To the context, Stephanie, it's going to be a long fucking 
give context to the to the, the, the events. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you how. Yeah. So if you or someone you know needs help or crisis support, if you're in Australia, please contact 131114 or click lifeline.org.au. If you're in the US, uh, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline on 1-800-273-8255 or log on to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you're in Mexico, please call 52598121 or access saptel.org.au. If you're in the UK, there is the support line service at 017-087-65200. And uh, just... I tried to get the main ones of where our listeners are, so I apologise it's not everywhere around the globe. Um, Secondly, this episode is not meant to minimise the pain and the loss that followed this religion or any series of events. We're merely just discussing the events that transpired and the ideals of the group at large. Um, and last but not least, n- literally nobody has any fucking right to tell you what religion or belief system you should believe, follow, subscribe to. However, though, I must say, if they suddenly make a home and away religion, that's it. You know, time for aliens to invade and just ship them uh, off. You know what? If there was Bold and the Beautiful, I'm there. Maybe, but but not Home and no, Away. Not Home and Away. We need Definitely more... not Neighbours. Neighbours, Neighbours no. before Home and Away. You know what you do? No, Home and Away if, before. <laughs> if it became Neighbours, Neighbours, if it became Neighbours, you just, bl- you just you know, level the block, done. <sighs> okay. Um, and as always, we always link uh, Crime Stoppers, so if there's anything similar to this going on, uh, please be sure to report yeah. it. So now that we have all that covered today, uh, if you couldn't decipher from the episode name, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the Heaven's Gate cult. Deep, deep dive. I had no idea that this existed until you and I actually watched Shane Dawson's Alien Hoax video uh, yep. years ago. I looked at you and I was like, this couldn't have happened. And, and I you're was like, like yeah, yep. yeah, it did. Yep. Because essentially these guys were... Well, okay, you also have to understand that this is... I, I'm not going to try and tell many jokes on this, but... It was a different time. It was a different time, and also... They got away with a lot of shit. They got away with a lot of shit, and I've played lots and lots of XCOM. So, essentially, just long and short of it, UFO, like UFO yeah. religion. Oh, ultimate. That's so, what it draws down to. So, essentially, if you've played XCOM, you're out there with the squad trying to take down the aliens. This one's the other way around. They think... Anyways, you listen, you will find out why it's just bizarre. Really sadly bizarre. Um, Unfortunately yeah. bizarre. Um, so, just to give you a basic bio before we pretty much hit up every other aspect. Um, in March of 1997, 911 dispatchers received a call from a very uh, opulent mansion mm. in Rancho Santa Fe, California, saying that there had been a 39-member mass suicide so to the outside world looking in we would classify it as a mass suicide however to all members that unfortunately died that day or committed suicide following those events um it was considered to be a graduation so over the course of the decades the two leaders of the group uh bonnie lou nettles and marshall herf applewhite they fused Christian, New Age, and American cultural elements that they took from science fiction and pop culture to form the basis of their theology. I also want to mention, I suppose, that a little definition in passing. If I say the two, that just means the two founders, Bonnie and 
Upper yeah. White, Marshall. Yep. Um, just because that's what I read in the book. Shit, I didn't even talk about the references. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so a very, very large chunk of my research was taken out of a book that I purchased. Um, titled Heaven's Gate, America's UFO Religion. Written by Benjamin E. Zeller. Now, I'm not going to tell you to search for it, but you can also find the final uh, recycling video and the exit videos that the members of the cult recorded. Um, so, I'm not saying do that. No. So, please don't. Um, it's really... Like, I watched it to get some context as to what I was diving into, and I felt very unsettled. Yeah. Let alone it being literally over 20 years later. Yep. Um, and you can just tell something's not right. Really retrospectively right. and no disrespect to the man he went through a lot but also he did lead a lot of people to their death yeah um so yeah um that's where I got my information from the majority of my information from and then pretty much if it comes up with Heaven's Gate or the, the leaders I read it yeah um this is I think you can tell my cult ones episodes are the ones I put the most work into yeah so, Applewhite, uh, he believed that an unidentified flying object, a UFO, or a spacecraft of some nature, trailed the Hale-Bopp comet. And so, he believed that this was essentially their last chance to bounce, if you will. Uh, at this stage, we'll get into it, but he had already lost Bonnie. Yeah. And there were rumours that he was kind of towards the end of his life. And they needed to go big and go home and jump. So that's why it kind of precipitated the way it did. I want to spend some time, if that's okay, just talking about the origins and the history of Heaven's Gate. We got 40 minutes into it last time, so I'm going to try and move through it quickly. That's all good. But please, again, stop me to go through stuff in depth, if that's all right. Um, So basically, from what I understand, the Heaven's Gate movement changed a lot over the history of 25 years we call them heaven's gate because that's their name when they pretty much terminated their cult yeah however they had a lot of names prior to that they were known as the human individual metamorphosis group the total overcomers anonymous they also referred to themselves as the class and they also changed a lot in their organizational structure because when it was just the two of them they pretty much just did what they wanted to do. And then as they slowly accrued followers, they didn't really give them much structure or organization. It was up to the members to sort that stuff out themselves. They didn't really recruit at meetings. They didn't really travel with the group as they went about to kind of spread the word, for lack of a better term. But then apparently this all kind of changed in structure. And then sometime in 1976, they instituted a very rigid hierarchical social structure within the group and it was made so that way they had complete total control of pretty much what was happening. And then so they co-led the group until Nettles, uh, Bonnie, had passed away in 1985, leaving Marshall to uh, be the sole leader of the group. But again, they weren't very hands-on with the religious practices of the group. They did, however, provide guidelines and some requirements, but they weren't stringent themselves. For example, um, I'm going to draw a lot of parallels, and I said that last time, but with yeah. Scientology. 
where LRH was like, this is what we have to do. And then we're going to do this. Yeah. And then you have to do this. And you're going to go level one. And then you're going to go 1A. And then you're going to go, you know, 1B. And then you're going to go to 2. And then you're going to 2A and so on and so forth. Yeah. This was like, I don't want to say random willy-nilly dancing in the fields. But it was very unorganized and very unstructured. And then on top of that, their religious beliefs changed as time went on as well. So it was, they kind of adapted it to fit their lives yeah. as their lives went through. That will become very apparent as we get through this. Um, so they always believed that at some point that they would journey to the next level that they termed out of space and that they would somehow be jumped onto UFOs in space. But when they began, they said that they would still be alive. Yep. Their bodies needed to be alive. They'd be taking their physical bodies with them yep. when they made that jump to the next level. So what they needed to do is to evolve their physical bodies for a process akin to metamorphosis and change to be able to take their bodies with them. However, after Bonnie passed away, the next 10, 15, 10 years were pretty hard on him, yeah. you know, you can imagine. And then so with whatever was going on in his life, he suddenly changed his mind and said, you know what, we have to die in order to journey on to the next level. And physical death had to become a necessity yeah. to taking it to the next level. So I want to spend kind of a bit of time talking about them as individuals and then how they ended up meeting if that's all right yeah so bonnie lou nettles she didn't have too much of a religion religious influence when she was growing up she was more interested in astrology and theosophy read your words woman uh whereas marshall was very much presbyterian christian you know by the book He's, he was um, raised a preacher. He even attended seminary, but he absolutely loved music. Um, and the thing is, unfortunately, the 1970s, especially in Texas, is not a good time no. to be anything other than hetero. Yeah. So um, a lot of places say that he was a closeted bisexual. I Not that I am there, I didn't know the man, but from my understanding... Um, and just the way he carried on with things, I think that he was on the more homosexual side. No disrespect to... Well, no disrespect to gender or anything, orientation. You do whatever you want to do. Yep. Literally. 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 So, I'm just saying for that time, that was unacceptable. I'm not saying that that's right. Yeah. I'm just saying that's what happened in that time. So, Nettles was a registered nurse. She had four kids, and she was in a very struggling marriage. Although she had been raised Baptist, like I said, she was more fascinated by the occult. Apparently, she was um, really into seances, and so apparently she channeled this 19th century Franciscan monk named Brother Francis. She also went on to say that she channeled Marilyn Monroe and extraterrestrials from the planet Venus. She was madly interested in UFOs. She also uh, authored an astrology column in her local newspaper. Her husband did not approve of her spiritual activities. And then that really drove them to file for divorce in 1972. And we sort of spoke about a few hours ago how I feel like she should have been able to do whatever the hell she wants. But she would have brought her kids into it. And that's probably what would have really tipped him over the edge. 
So, uh, Marshall himself, he was, like I said, more of the cookie-cutter Christian background. Obviously, he's from Texas. His dad was a successful Presbyterian preacher. Uh, he, his dad was senior. He was junior. He attended the Austin College in Sherman, Texas. They described him as an extrovert with a magnetic personality, and we emphasized how charisma is a very big trait yeah. in people who do end up being leaders, whether they be of more cult-like nature or just in general um, have that magnetic personality. He was a campus leader in the a cappella group. He served on the Judiciary Council. Um, he was a member of the Association of Prospective Presbyterian Ministers, and he graduated with a degree in philosophy. He was a budding musician, and he was very interested in religious ministry. So he graduated in 1952, and then he enrolled at Virginia's Union Theological Seminary, which is a Presbyterian divinity school. But he left two years into that to go ahead and study music. Then somehow between that, he ended up uh, joining the Army Signal Corps. Then he earned a master's degree in music and voice from the Uni of Colorado. Uh, during this time, he directed the chorus at Houston St. Mark's Episcopal Church, and he undertook the fine arts program at the University of St. Thomas. And then he ends up marrying another a Texan woman. Her name was Anne Pierce. And they ended up having two kids. They separated in the mid-1960s, and their divorce was finalised in 1968. And the interesting thing is, from this point onwards, he was estranged from his wife and his children to the day he died. Um, he bounced between, uh, and that I want to say is pertinent to the story later on for reasons that I will get to. Yeah, he bounced between various jobs and then he ended up meeting Bonnie about eight years later. He had some interest in astrology, and but he was very much a religious seeker, he just wanted to find out about all higher order beliefs and that kind of thing. He was very interested in UFOs, science fiction, ancient mysticism. Um, before meeting her and then he met her at the Houston hospital where she worked in 1972 and there are a lot of accounts and theories as to why he was there some people say that he suffered a um, mental breakdown some people say he was being treated for schizophrenia some people say he had a near-death experience some people say he had a serious heart blockage some people say he had a heart attack yeah. but by all accounts he somehow somewhere in some way suffered a near-death experience it was very um you can imagine i can't imagine and it'd be heartbreaking and very hard to get yourself through that situation mentally um so he met her at a very trying time in his life is, I guess, what I want to boil that down to. And um, a lot of people, I should say, have diagnosed him with a mental illness retrospectively. But one thing I really hammered on when we tried to record this the first time is that you can't do that. Unless no. you are qualified to do that, unless you have the patient sitting there in front of you, and it, sometimes it takes more than one session to diagnose a human being. Yep. Just because they show specific traits does not mean that they are inherently Bad. a schizophrenic or, or crazy. anything. Thank you. Exactly. So a lot of reporters with no evidence like ran the stories that he was a mental patient who may have escaped and she broke him out and shit like that. It's like, where did you get this information? 
but you got to run what you've got to run, right? Yep. So they meet. She's still in the process of um, divorcing. And her daughter, who was later interviewed, said, now, just tell me what you think once I finish this sentence. Her daughter remembers going outside with her to look at the sky, and both of them would talk about how they hoped a flying saucer would land and take them away. Like, where are you trying to go? Yeah. What was going on in their lives that they needed to escape? Why would you want to vanish? To the unknown, when, you know? So, um, meanwhile... Marshall's got a lot going on. His relationship with relationships with both men and women weren't bringing him any happiness in the long term. He suffered a broken relationship, uh, sorry, a broken engagement. Um, he tried a series of homosexual relationships, but to him, everything was just all, all boiled down to a failure. And he said that any kind of relationship was stifling and short lived. And he ultimately considered giving up intimate relationships but he just wanted to have a partner and then he was fired from a well-paying job he was isolated from friends and family struggling financially and then he obviously had a health ailment to some description he reportedly had frequent headaches suffered a lot of anxiety and what he brought to the table with heaven's gate was a strong emphasis of celibacy and bodily control um, and this boils down to essentially his combination, a combination of whether he's like his sexual confusion and uh, a mystical experience that we'll get to later. And that's kind of what they implemented in Heaven's Gate. So keep in mind, he's running with we need to completely reject our bodies, gender, social norms, we need to deny our sexual identity. Um, and because. Uh, you're trying to suppress yeah. something in you. And the thing is, you can do that for a while, but then you get to the point where you just explode. Yeah. And I'm not a clinical psychologist, but in my opinion, that's what happens. But I don't know. So, they... Oh, and there's a sentence that I want to read out here, if that's okay. Um, and this is by, I think, some actual psychologist... And they said there is no clinical reason to assume that a person who believes in UFOs and extraterrestrial communication is any more insane than a person who believes in angels and prayer. Right? So it doesn't give a shit what you believe. No. Right? Everyone at the end of the day is some level of crazy. And that's all that matters. But what I really want to tie down from this section is he's trying to reject relationships, whether it be sexual, personal, familial. We're trying to get rid of everything. Right? So they were they had a very strong spiritual bond that lasted until she passed away. Um, and interestingly, psychologically, they provided each other support that they desperately needed. Um, so what she needed, he could give her. What he needed, she could give him. And then they brought their experiences and perspectives together to kind of form their philosophy, if you will. Um, and so she was more influenced by the spiritual aspect and he had some experience that he needed help processing and interpreting. He was quoted as saying he had a presence that had given him all the knowledge of where the human race had come from and where it was going. Right? So we're talking something about a very prophetical experience for him. 
Um, he said that it was he heard strange voices, experienced bizarre dreams, and out of body experiences. So that's where the diagnosis of schizophrenia is coming from. Yeah. Uh, he did dabble in astrology and readings and some ancient mysticism, but it didn't give him any kind of groundbreaking kind of ideas as to how to understand what he like his experience um and what it meant for him but when they met he said i felt as if i had known her forever uh she ended up helping him build his um astrology chart and if you don't know what that is it's essentially like you know when people say oh i'm an aries i'm a taurus that's just level one there's also like your sun rising your moon and a ton of other shit right so it's not just the one thing you need your birth certificate because it gives you the time of day and all that other stuff. See, I think mine would be like either, you know, the, the ingredients for a kebab or maybe like a potato salad. Potato salad, definitely. Yeah. You know, definitely a potato salad. Yeah. With a side of Big Mac sauce. Yeah, Big Mac sauce. Szechuan sauce. Szechuan <laughs> chicken. Szechuan, Szechuan sauce. So they did his chart and they determined that uh, not only did they know each other in a previous life, I saw that RL, but they had an important mission to perform together in their new incarnations. Is that how I say that word? Incarnations, that's it. And so they boiled it all down to use this to explain his experience where he's hearing voices telling him, you know, you know information that is going to save the end of the world to, yeah. Yeah. Right? Someone downloaded Windows 95. Pretty much. And so they said in an interview they took together in 1976, it was as if we were being guided by forces greater than ourselves. We were snatched from our previous lives and we went through a very confusing period of transition. So basically it gave them a way to form and forge a a relationship that was quite platonic in terms of physicality. But mentally they were partners. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So physically they weren't in a relationship, mentally they were. And they filled each other, they were yin and yang for each other, right? Yep. They gave each other what the other person needed. So they steamroll ahead and they say, look, man, let's open a Christian art center. Let's sell books. We'll offer classes in a variety of new age topics like astrology, meditation, mysticism, healing, metaphysics, uh, religions, arts, and music. But that failed after a few months. So they decided, you know what, let's move out into the country. We'll open a retreat center. They named it No Place, as in I Know This, K-N-O-W. Yeah. Um, so I know that it's like to capitalize on both the sense of I know myself and no place, as in N-O place. Like, there's no place like home. Yeah. Right? And again, they took classes on these new age topics and they met individually with students. And then they eventually decided, you know what, let's go on a journey of self-discovery and just go in search of religious knowledge. And then as they did that, they kind of recruited some people and they got um, one person in May of 1940, sorry, 1974, several dozen in May of 1975. And then by the end of 1975, they had several hundred people. Yeah. 
So um, they ended up closing No Place. And they just went on a tour of North America to find themselves religiously. And he later described it as, We studied everything we could get our hands on that had anything to do with any sort of awareness. Spiritual, scientific, religious. Our thirst was absolutely unquenchable. Unquenchable. So, time ticks over. And then, so they're camping in July of 1973 along the Oregon coast near the Rouge River. Very river. And, okay. Um, this is what I said to you. I'm going to tell you a sentence. I'm going to tell you what you think. Because you had a very strong biblical upbringing. <laughs> so you already know this, but no one else yeah. does. But I want you to act like I didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. All right? So... They came upon the firm realisation of their identities and mission. They were the two witnesses described in the Christian New Testament's Book of Revelation, destined to be martyred and resurrected before an unbelieving world, which they dubbed the Demonstration. Yeah, so essentially what they're talking about is an ending. This thing Apocalyptic. Is apocalyptic ending. They're talking about end of days. End of days. End of days. So they based this belief on a passage in Revelation 11 um, where they said, A beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, and after being resurrected, ascending up into heaven in a cloud. Not like monkey magic. No, definitely Definitely not not like monkey magic. So this is where they've changed from being very New Age mystic, um, astrological to... We're now gunning yeah. the Bible, right? We're now gunning New Testament. Exactly. Yeah, we're gunning for judgment. The end is nigh. We have structure. Um, and for people who don't know what... Please correct, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the apocalypse where all of the good people who went to church, who prayed, bought their way into heaven, would yeah. get snapped, body dropped, they'd go, yeah. and then all the demons from hell and the angels would come and reap the souls of the bad people Pretty on much. earth. That's... So everyone else goes to paradise and yeah. everyone else is left. And then you've got purgatory. But yeah, you know. Is that? Yeah, that's, that's cool. long, okay. long, long and short of it. Sorry. So you've got the people who are Mac, the people who are Windows, and everyone else is Linux. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. So, they pretty much... This is the first time they had a kind of destructive outlook yeah. in their religion. Uh, and they pretty. this is the first time that they're kind of envisioning a, some radical disruption to the world. Um, but they were very adamant that, look, there's not going to be violence. It's not going to be your, your typical apocalyptic scenario. No. And this, right now, is all new to you. Alright? So, this is all brand new content for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, they decided that a UFO would descend in a technological en- enactment of the rapture. And then it's going to hover midair. It was going to pick them up. And any people who followed them, believed them, and ex- accepted their message. Right? And then the UFO would teleport into outer space and it would deliver them, like an Uber, to some heavenly utopia. Right? So they thought, look, she and I are going to go together and then all of our followers are going to come and we're going to transform through some biological and chemical process into the perfected 
extraterrestrial beings that we are inside and we're going to live indefinitely in the next level or the evolutionary level above human it's it just gets worse and worse so the whole time that i was gunning this story the one thing i wanted to know is how they thought that they would transform themselves biologically and biochemically but nowhere did they have that information Net, Not because I never. wanted to tear them apart on a scientific level, but as a scientist, as a biochemist, yeah, I want to know <laughs> yeah, what they envisioned. Okay? Yep. Now that I've put that bias aside. So you can draw some ties here to the, Christ- the typical, typical Christian idea of heaven, right? But their difference is a UFO is going to transport you there. Instead yep. of you go, St. Peter's at the gate and he weighs yep. you and you go through the pearly gates and you ascend, right? Yep. To UFOs, you're fucking Uber, honey. I hope you had enough money for UberX. Yep, it's Uber time. Right? And so somehow you're transferring to a higher, a larger, higher plane of existence. Okay. So in May of 1974, they decided, you know what, let's move back to Houston. Let's proclaim, proclaim our new gospel. And then this is where they first got their... This is where they got their first student. Um, again, I'm not going to really name names apart from um, people that are kind of... Um, you know how they have to take fake names when yeah. they thing? Otherwise, I'm not going to say their full names. But this book says her name, but I'm going to call her Susie. Yeah. All right? So they have Susie. And they knew Susie from when they ran the Christian Arts Centre and No Place. And so this former student was in the midst of a bad relationship and she pretty much somehow wanted to reaffirm her identity in the world. So six days after meeting with them, she decides, you know what, I'm going to accept your religious message. And then this is the bit that kicks me in the guts. She chose to abandon her family and become a religious wanderer. She left her wedding ring and notes for her family and she began traveling and preaching their gospel. Jeez. She um, would hurry ahead like two or three days in advance of where the next town that they would go. And she would like advertise their pending, impending arrival and be like, come, you know, they will be giving this lecture. You must attend. They're going to save you. Yeah. You know, that's what she did. And so she essentially canvassed a large portion of North America. To spread their word, but it failed. Yeah. She didn't get anyone. Poor Susie, man. Imagine being Susie's family. Oh, we get boy. to that later, but anyway. So then, one month later, in June of 1974, uh, the two decide, you know what, let's go to... Is it Boise? B-O-I-S-E? I think it's Boise, isn't it? Or is it Boise? Okay, BSU. Boise State University, Boise State University, right? And they get in touch with this anthropology... I'm so sorry. Anthropology professor and later to a professional psychic in the area. So the professor, his name is Max Pavesic, and he says, they walked into my office and asked me to drop everything and leave with them. They were very sincere and intense, but they had weird eyes. Yeah... And then they say, look, you have to come with us. We're going to be publicly crucified if you don't come with us. 
Um, you need to know the world of truth that is out there. You need to live your life. You need to join us on our UFOs and journey with us, you know, to this higher realm of existence in the next level in outer space. Um, we all need to reach some metaphysical state to evolve our mind outside of our body to reach infinity. Yeah, no. Okay. And then so they done say no. I think interest. I just don't know. And then so Susie goes and leaves. But then she's very on the fence about whether she still accepts their message. But she still feels an immense amount of guilt about leaving and abandoning her family. Including a two-year-old daughter. Jeez. And so she decides to up and leave and go home four months after she ran away from home. And so... Her husband, Susie's husband, says, went to court, well, actually approached the police first, and said, look, they charged shit on my wife's credit card. Um, during their time, uh, when she was a follower, um, she later admitted that she used them to, allow them to use her card, but um, when, while they weren't charged, they were still arrested. And while they were arrested, apparently Marshall had a warrant a, a, a warrant out for his arrest because he had stolen a rental car. Oh, God. Somewhere in Missouri. And so they ended up keeping him for six months while he awaited trial. Nittles got another nursing job. Yeah. Um, and then so in the analysis of the book I read... The guy says, the theft of the rental car hints at an important element in the two's developing theology. It's called antiromanism, from the Greek word opposed to the law. And in Christian theology, it means that moral or religious laws no longer hold for those who have been saved. Jeez. So it's like a fucking purge. Yeah. But I thought to get to heaven, you have to be a good person. Pretty much, yeah. Right? So they're saying once you get there, you might as well be a fucking Lucifer. Yeah. What's the reasoning in that? Nuts. If to get there you have to be such a pure person, how do you have that chip in your shoulder to be like, I'm a fuck shit up and party? I think literally they just crack the sads and then And be like, oh, look, buy your way into our church and then you can party hard later. Exactly. Right? Even though... But that's a different story. Yeah. So I have, any, I have some notes here. I'm having more tea. That's... Tea for tea. Hydration for the UFO. Thank you. Also, can we talk about how fantastic these silicon straws that I bought are? Oh, yeah, silicon we used straws. To have, we, we used to have, as if she doesn't have 12 in the cupboard, um, yeah, like stainless 50. steel ones. Yeah. But I found this pack of... Um, I got them in the craze of buying everything. Yeah. Um, I really like it. Yeah. Also easier on the teeth. Yes, that's why I did it. Yeah. Thank you. So, these guys, you know... They think we're the two witnesses that God has spoken about. We're on a serious spiritual mission. We're allowed to fuck shit up. Yep. Fuck any human laws, right? Mm. We're above the law here. And then obviously the police, the judicial system are like, uh, that's not going to fly with us. So his trial was really brief. He was sentenced to time served and he was released sometime in March of 1975. And so she rejoins him straight away. Um, and what I found out 
is that while he was serving time, this added another layer to his delusions. So you know how I said it's I said in the last episode, the last time we tried to record, but that was a step up, the apocalyptic bullshit. Yep. And then there are several steps that got it to where it was. This is the second step. Okay. I hope you're sitting down. The isolation, as he later called it, led to a significant growth, during which time he came to realise that he and Nettles were in fact not human at all, but extraterrestrials merely inhabiting human bodies. So he at least had two different explanations for this, right? He hypothesised two different things. <laughs> he was completely sold on one way. And he was like, look, where are they in- incarnated into these bodies during our lifetime? Um, during some form of native development, or we had entered these bodies specifically prepared for them by someone on the next level. Great. Right? And apparently this ties in... There's this new age concept, um, and this is where you're like... You know how the whole thing is like... uh, What's the one? (sighs) What's the religion? Is it Buddhism? Yeah. Where there's a reincarnation... Yep. And so you will essentially say you die, but you haven't learned enough yet. Yeah. So you need to walk into another human and learn yep. something that you missed before. Yeah. They have something similar to that in New Age um, concepts, but majority of the time it's extraterrestrial in nature. So um, you have to be put into a human being so that way you can learn a certain task to assist humanity. Right? Yep. So it's a nice way of saying the aliens are among us, trying to learn our ways. Right? Okay. <laughs> so how do you feel about that before I continue? Uh, Give me some thoughts. It's What's running really starting to just head? go downhill. Like, you look at what they've done. They've put... They've, We're not even there yet, darling. They're, they're, they're rolling dice. Literally. Someone rolled a one. Big time. But you can tell that there's no clear direction of where this train is stopping. You know what I mean? I feel like stuff is being tossed at them and then they're like, let's make the most of this and somehow find a way to write this into what we're trying to preach. Does that yep. make sense? Um, so this is pretty much what they preached for 20 years and kept until just before the end. He said that... Okay, now, this part is pertinent to the story. Right, because I'm going to tell you something, the next step that's going to come in 20 minutes, and you're going to need to remember this. Yeah. So he said that Jesus was an early extraterrestrial visitor, right? And he said that somehow he and she had some prophetic role to assist him in the near future. Right. Right? So there's Jesus, and then there's the two of them. Okay? I need you to keep that in mind. And then on the late evening of the 9th of April, 1975, they started changing their names to weird shit. Um, For example, Guinea and Pig, Bo and Peep. Um, So they changed their names to, uh, I think they also had D and Lot or some shit like that, but that's not necessary to where I'm trying to go with this. So the two of them, (laughs) as Guinea and Pig, Decide, let's um, go meet with a metaphysical group in the LA area. And at the time, it was led by a guy, someone called Clarence Klug. 
and um, and this was held in the house of a psychic called Joan Culpepper. And then, so for everyone there, apparently it was monumentous. So different people have different recounts, and so the number of people that attended ranged from 41 to 80. I don't know about you, but I don't know how you can get 80 from 41 or vice versa, but yeah. I wasn't there. So somewhere between 41 and 80 people were there and decided to join into their group. And they would center this group around, around self-initiation, which is apparently an alchemical process whereby you can transcend your human limitations and evolve into a being of light. And apparently this is also another interpretation of the Book of Revelation. Yep. Right? Because you're ascending to something. Um, so this guy's, this person, Clarence Clug and Joan Culpepper, their, their, their interpretation of the Book of Revelation is very similar to um, Marshall and Nettles. Yeah. Right? So these two people, especially the psychic, and you know when a psychic's telling you it's fucked? Yeah. The shit's fucked. No disrespect to anyone who has the gift. I wish I had. All right? That's all I'm going to say. So the psychic was like, initially she was very positive about them. She said that they had, they were masters of creating a spiritual connection with their audience. They had a charisma and gave off an aura of love and understanding. The man had especially hypnotic eyes. And I can't explain the thing by hypnosis. It went deeper than that. They gave off this love thing, which had to be mentally controlled, as later they came on as the two most negative people I'd ever met. So it was like switching on a switch. They went up there, there was someone else. They yeah. somehow infiltrated people's brains, were trying to like hook them in, hook, line, and sinker, draw them in. Yeah. And then as soon as they did, they were the most negative Nancy's you had ever met. Yeah, it was all a show. Yes. It was all a lure. And I want to take a detour, but it's also not a detour because we're going to cover a little bit later. But there was no money to be made here. Yeah. So why are they doing this? Like, how are they supporting themselves and doing all this touring? I'm assuming just begging and stuff. <sighs> I don't know. I really don't. So out of the either 40 or 80 people that were there, only two people decided to walk out on their lives yeah. and join them. And they said, you know what, if you want to come with us, meet us at a campground in Gold Beach, Oregon on the 5th of May, 1975. Um, so we're really nice to give them some time to pack up their shit from LA to meet them in Oregon. Yeah. And um, then a little later on, on the 7th of October, 1975, they did the same thing again, except they recruited 20 people. And it made the news because these people went missing. Yeah. So these people off and left their lives. And the New York Times headline, front line, was 20 missing in Oregon after taking of higher life. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what you call going off with the fairies. According literally. to the article, apparently 250 people attended this one event. Um, and between 20 and 30 decided to accept what they had to say and they said look you need to give up all your possessions and you need to walk out on your lives uh, one attendee said that he was quite biblical um, but their implication was you would have to leave in a UFO and another guy who joined the group said 
that they were promised that if they followed them, they would live a better life on another planet. So I don't understand how you can call heaven a planet, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Okay. I always thought heaven was up in the clouds. Yeah. That was my interpretation, but I could be wrong. Maybe they had better infrastructure. No, I'm serious. When you went to Bible school, what did they tell you? Well, I thought it was people partying on clouds. That's what yeah, I Yeah, literally. It's Cloud City, It's but not like Bespin. I thought it was like Mount Olympus. Yeah. Except... No, no lightning bolts. No, exactly. No flying Pegasus. Exactly. Pegasi. Exactly. No Hercules. <sighs> Devo, man. No Disney. <laughs> I hope they have Disney. Imagine if in heaven you had Disney Plus. Oh, free. 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 Free, free Mandalorian. Because oh you need something to do with the living the rest of your life. Cloud camping. So where was I? Okay. So they tried to convince this group that their Bible described extraterrestrial visitors such as Jesus, Ezekiel, and Elijah, and reason that they brought similar messages to Earth as they were trying to do in earlier eras. Um, and they said in this meeting presentation that this is the second coming. Apparently they happened to book their hotel and meeting room under the name UFO in the Kingdom. I don't know if that's important. But how long has this been going, by the way? About there in 15. Shit, this might be three hours. I hope you don't mind. This no. is going to be a bumper. So, um, they pretty much argued that the next level that they spoke about was an actual physical place, not some ethereal plane of existence. So, it's not your spirit leaving your body. Your body is actually there. And you had to reach it through some means of physical travel. Their description was a UFO. So, you're going to need to take your actual human body with you. As you go, but you, they wanted to teach people um, the human individual metamorphosis, which was the first name of the group. And this is where they were going to promise to train people to prepare themselves, to transform their bodies so they could prepare themselves to leave the planet. And again, at this stage, there's no mention of suicide or death in any way, shape or form, because again, you're taking your human body with you, mm -hmm. right? You're yep. just jumping to a higher plane of existence. Yep. So... Um, they said that the process of requiring to transform your body um, was pretty much... You need to Where am I going with this? They explicitly taught that the process required transforming your living human body and physically getting that... Like climbing onto a UFO and then being transported by the UFO with your human body, right? So for me to walk out my front door, a UFO to be there, for me to climb up the ladder and boom... Right? Um, I'm off to heaven. Fuck is all. Yes, you know, it's been fun. What book would I take? I don't know. So apparently someone actually asked them in this meeting, do we have to die to get there? And their response was absolutely not. So I'd like to make that very, clear. very cemented. It's pertinent to the story later on. So they're preaching and saying you have to overcome every single human indulgence and need. You have to give up everything. You have to lose everything. You have to sever every attachment to the world that you have. So it's very much about overcoming humanity, yeah. right? So it's very much about him overcoming his sexual... I'm not saying it's a perversion, but in his time it would have been considered a perversion, yeah. right? So I must, I must forgo having a sexual nature. I must get rid of it. Yeah. You must leave your family and join me. Yeah. Right? Essentially, so yeah. I can feel more validated in what I do. But that's my opinion. I wasn't there. 
And then so he tried to sell it as, look, once you dump your family, once you dump your belongings, you come with me, you will have made the first step. You will have already overcome humanity. You're already one step closer to becoming a perfected extraterrestrial creature. And then so he tells his group for, that he kidnapped, <laughs> not really, um, to meet him near Fruta, Colorado, which is a small town along the western slopes of the Rockies. Apparently there's a campground there. And then so these people are like, oh, we're going to transform our bodies by biochemically into these new extraterrestrial bodies. They allowed them to write letters to their family at home. Um, and these letters highlight how there were no firm plans for any immediate future of the group. But they weren't alarmed by the fact that there wasn't shit happening, right? No. Um, they didn't know what was next, but they were like, somehow, some way, way we're going to go home. Home yeah. being the next level. And then so this is where they, again, give themselves the new names of Bo and Peep. Um, and their followers are dropping like fry flies. People are coming and growing. At some stages, the group would split, like the group would split into multiple people. Um, and then they'd say within there, like, you need to have a buddy system. So one person will be the check mark, the check check partner for you so that way if you feel like sex if you feel like taking drugs if you have any form of recreation that would be utterly considered human such as breathing yeah that's forbidden um oh, we don't want to be breathing no Ooh. so i was quite concerned about the drugs part hmm. because um what if someone had actual an actual need for life-saving medication. Yeah. For example, someone who had heart problems or yeah. someone who needed to take insulin. That like, what happen. the fuck were you going to do? Right? Bum -bum. So what they tried to do was challenge the people. So they would pair heterosexual men and women together and they'd pair gay men and gay men and gay women and gay women together um, to force them to confront their sexual attractions to overcome them. Right. Right. And so this goes on, and then we roll around to late autumn, early winter of 1975. And then they're still preaching that, look, we need to sever our connections with the world. But they didn't really enforce these rules. The group didn't gather as a whole. So this is where I was telling you that there wasn't really much structure yep. to what they were doing. There was no general focus on day-to-day -day issues. So people were quite, like, unsure. There was no set in stone way to tell someone how to engage in human individual metamorphosis, right? So the one thing that I wanted to know is one thing that I could not get information on. Nowhere is there a document that says, do these five steps, or whatever, how many steps, yeah. to prepare your body for the next level. There's just nothing. Right? So a lot of people felt lost and disconnected because there was no structure, so they left. Um, one person from the group... Uh, pretty much went to the media and said it was a rather dull routine. Um, it was just daily living. Um, partnerships functioned as intended, but there was a lot of sexual intention. Nobody was having, sorry, sexual tension. No one was having sex, but everyone was talking about it. Apparently people were smuggling in illicit drugs into the camp. Um, they tried this, but it didn't give them any communications with higher beings. And so the two of them were interviewed by a journalist in February of 1976. And they were like, oh, we don't know how many people have joined us. And we don't know how successful our recruiting has been. Which, are, are you fucking kidding me? Those are low rookie numbers. 
You know what I mean? We want Scientology, bitch. We yeah. want to be making billions of dollars. Yeah. We want a um, tax incentive. Yeah. How do you not know? But that's the kind of... You can't do that today. That's no. why they could get away with this shit then. But you can't do that now. You can't just up and leave your life as much as you want to. Even if you wanted to, in quotation marks, go missing, you still have to go to the police and say, listen, I am running away. If someone says I'm missing, I am not missing. I don't want them to know where I am. I'm not dead in the gutter. I'm leaving of my own free will and volition. Yep. I'm running away from my life. I'm taking my bills with me. I'm not trying to run from fraud. There's no warrant out for my arrest. I just don't. But I, I'm fucking done, sis. Let's go. Yeah. Right? You can't just... As a housemate, if I one day left... I sent you a letter. <laughs> First off, if I sent you a letter, you there'd be some level of concern there. Yeah, they'd be like, mm, this is weird. But then if I was like, by the way, bitch, peace out. I'ma be an alien. XOXO. You know, next level for me. Send your postcard when I get there. You'd be like, this bitch is fucked. Be like, what the hell? And then you'd call my mother and then you'd say, I'm sorry, but I think we need to do something here. Yeah, someone's gone a little El Loco in the cabeza. (laughs) Right? So you you can't do that now. Right? The more apparent thing would be that you would either be committed. Yep. Or you'd be dead in the gutter because someone would think you're on some hardcore drug. Yeah. Yep. So, apparently, when they travelled, they hardly spoke to each other. Um, and because they changed their names once they joined the group, we don't really know if... We can't really follow their comings and goings, yeah, if that makes just... sense. Only the more popular people that either recorded exit videos or spoke to the media and gave their nominated names were able to be followed, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the human individual metamorphosis group was completely dysfunctional. They felt like their founders had abandoned them. They lived in seclusion. There were no leaders. So they would come and go as they wanted, the two leaders, right? And they would just leave the group. And the group would be like, so what the fuck are we going to do now? Right? Do we appoint new leaders? Do we install some kind of leadership structure? How are we going to tell right from wrong how who's going to be in charge of our spiritual development who's going to be like the leader and the policy maker and tell us you know the general the things of like who's going to go to the toilet first yeah right who's going to sort all that shit out and so there was so much pressure that half the group defected yeah. and were like i've had enough i'm washing my hands i just dislocated relocated yeah, my shoulder I, I heard that oh my god that was like a really good click that actually hurt? Yeah. I cannot wait. Can you remember what time we are on right now? Yeah. Because I want to listen to that on the playback. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I had to move my arm funny because that's the arm I got the injection in. Yeah. And I swear to God, it felt like I had dislocated and really yeah, that located that. Good pop. Oh. So, they realized, hey, we're losing people. We should probably... Stop our wandering and concentrate on keeping the people we have and making the group better functioning as opposed to focusing on recruiting. So on the 21st of April, 1976, Bonnie goes, I have, these are her words, I have declared that the harvest is closed. Oh, God. There will be no more meetings. And if I said to you, I'm done harvesting. I'd be like, You'd be like, who have you killed? Yeah. And which police station do I need to call? Yes. That's... If I said that to you, 
I've finished harvesting, you'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. I've left my washing out on the line. I'll be yeah. right back. Uh, sorry, I just need to go get another bag of chips. <laughs> and gone. Yeah. And gone. So a few months later, they uh, gather their flock in the Medicine Bowl National Forest in Wyoming. Like, why do they have to go to the most beautiful places, I imagine, uh, I in, the, in the, the US, right? But I don't know. And they decide to create a community within their movement. Um, they ended up expelling 19 members because they said that they were either weaker in belief or practice, they weren't dedicated, or they lacked respect for the authority. Oh, joy. So, out you go. Bye-bye. Yep. You got the wrong update. Um, but apparently they don't know how many people came and go, but they know enough to say that people left less when there was more structure. Yeah. So, apparently they finally ran out of money. So, members had to take outside jobs to put money into the group kitty. Yep. Right. And then, in 1985, Bonnie ended up passing away. Um, we'll get to that more descriptively in a bit. But that pretty much Did shaped it. everything. It changed his life. Yep. He was already living for the worst, but... It was even worse after that. So that kind of triggered a shift in him being Marshall Applewhite. Yep. And then rather than it being a escape from Earth, um, you know, leaving the corrupt human society and eventually the human body itself, that's kind of what precipitated eventually, like 10 years later, the whole need for suicide. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot of... Especially in the book, there was a lot of talk about why did these people... Sorry, my computer went to sleep. So there's a lot of talk about hypothesizing why people actually joined. And bottom line, it's because they found something, or they said they found something, in Heaven's Gate that they felt was missing in their lives before Heaven's Gate. Yeah. And they said that they were offered a chance to identify with being an otherworldly spiritual being, like some sort of angelic extraterrestrial fusion... Um, and like, yes, that sounds cool, but that's a video game option to me. Yeah, that is a video game option. That's not like me saying, I'm going to leave all my responsibilities behind, drop out of my course and gone fucks with some aliens. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't see me, but I'm throwing out peace signs yep, whenever I'm talking signs. about peace signs, not gang signs. I'm from the West and suburbs, man. Okay. The hard, yep. hard West. So Vulcan hand signals. Got it. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, there were a lot of people coming and going over the years. So then that, to me, makes it seem like people lived on their own volition yeah. and they were free to come and go as they liked. There's a lot of debate about whether members were brainwashed into believing and practicing what they did. Um, but brainwashing suggests that... Hold on, there was this really nice passage I read. Sorry. Definitely, though. Just, they were, yeah, not playing with a full deck of cards. And it's sad to see how everything, you know, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven's Gate promised me a chance for a way out of the endless revolving doors of my spiritual seeking. Mm. Um, one person left the movement because he felt like he could not live up to the demands of his fellows in Heaven's Gate. Um, people who rejoined said that some of them never even met them being um, Bonnie and... Marshall, and 
they just had no idea how they were going to go on this journey. Jeez. Some people said, look, we believe that Earth is corrupted. We want to seek salvation and join. Um, so the passage about, I guess, brainwashing is that um, brainwashing offers like a simple explanation as to why people would want to engage in their religious practice and their beliefs um, that to you and I would seem, and hopefully to the readers, would seem absolutely unimaginable, yeah. uncomprehendable. This is completely crazy. It's not real. Yeah. It's That's not a thing. To um, Because when you label something as being, like if you said I'm brainwashed, that would be like you're putting distance between yourself and me and me and my beliefs. Yeah. Like your beliefs and my beliefs, right? So you're, you're um, putting labels on things and being like, this is not what I believe. It's like a discrimination, but it's the next level of discrimination, if that makes sense. Like you can't possibly understand how I can believe what I believe. Yeah. Someone must have forced me to ad ad adhere to that system of thinking. Yep. Right? That way of thinking. Because it's not normal. And it's the only way that society can fathom someone picking up that behavior. Yeah. And apparently, um, it's a social weapon used by critics of new religious movements rather than a concept rooted in an empirical evidence. So it's a concept that makes it easy for people and for families to understand why their loved ones would join something like Heaven's Gate Um because they would want to think of their family members as victims rather than as actively seeking out and adhering to that system or way of thinking. Yeah. Um, so the, in some way you can kind of, if it was me in that group, you would be able to excuse my actions because you would say Stephanie's not in control of herself. I can't have a go at her because she's been brainwashed. She has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, and because they lived in a very self-sealed system, especially when they lived in Wyoming, they didn't have much choice. And, you know, they were very entrapped by... They already said their leaders were very charismatic. Um, they eventually did get some control of the group. P people were being kicked left and right. And you can imagine... This is me just talking around and bullshit. But you can imagine if you see people being kicked out, you'd want to do everything to please the leaders, yeah. wouldn't you? Because you'd be like, no, no, I've been in this group for so long. I want them to... Yeah. Like me to a teacher or me to my supervisor. I want them to be proud of me. I want them to think this person deserves to be coming here every day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you want them to see that in you. Um, and then so they literally just got to the point where they didn't get to make another choice out of it. I'm sorry. I'm going to really try and push forth no, from this. So then you kind of divert into their theology and we've already sort of spoken about how they were very a mash, very much a mashup of astrology being more like the new age sort of stuff, the mysticism of communicating to the other side, holding seances, and um, the the what you would boil down and reduce Christianity to. Yeah. Right. However, then we also had, and I didn't know about this until I think we spoke about it maybe a year or so ago, where they actually had uniforms. And they were very um, escapist. They were very tied into fan fiction and science fiction. And they thought that they were, especially, um, I don't want to give too much away, 
but they pretty much were very interested in um, if there was a subscription service for um, Star Trek, they would have subscribed. Yep. Big time. So we've already talked about how they kind of interpreted the Bible to be their apocalyptic way. Um, they took it to obviously very extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial like direction. Extraterrestrial way. Yeah. Um, so their approach and their assumptions, their theology was somehow, somewhere, intelligent extraterrestrial life exists, and those beings somehow, somewhere would have interacted with humans because that's how we're here. And they believe that the Bible recorded this interaction because, again, like we said, they thought that Jesus was an extraterrestrial being. It was more the fact that they're like thinking, okay, yeah, we can ascend to an alien spaceship. Yeah. Um, and along line with that, they were sort of like, uh, what they said was, you as a person are just a hard drive. Your body is just a hard drive, right? So what makes you you is your software, is your consciousness. But software can become corrupted. Hypothetically. In this yes, case, but do you think they had that in the 70s? No. Didn't they knew that in the 70s? I don't know. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm not discounting what you're saying. I'm just saying, it's why just... did they think of that? No. And anyway, um, so pretty much by jumping to the next plane, you're just transporting your software through a USB. Yeah. Or a floppy disk or whatever they had in the 70s. What did they have in the 70s? Was it a floppy disk? Yeah, four and a half inch floppy disk. You know, we had floppy disks for a long time. Yeah. I remember being in primary school with a floppy disk. Mine was yellow. And you would upload one Word document and that was it. Yep. That was it. And if it was more than four or five pages, you were stuffed. Yep, you'd have to wait a week. Well, you, your floppy disk couldn't store it. Yeah. And if you had to write a report and it had an image on there, you were Good. doubly stuffed. Yeah, extremely. Good and luck. there was no student email. When I was in primary school, oh, how times have changed. Oh, and that scares me. It does. I was in the generation where it was okay to not have internet at home. Yep. I went through high school with no internet at home. But here's the thing too, also with these um, aliens upgrading, what what server would they use? What what browser Tips, not would, they use? would they use Firefox? Would it, they I, use I look, Chrome? I'm a massive fan of Opera. So you reckon they used Opera? Oh, why not? They made, they why made not? a big song and dance out of it. Maybe there's some Heaven's Gate. <gasps> Maybe the server is Heaven's Gate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe that's the browser. Yeah. Imagine that. Michael, maybe they told us this whole time. Yeah. Maybe we are the, maybe we are the idiots. Maybe we're the VR. Anyway. So, pretty much, they, interestingly, I did not know about this, and I didn't think about this until I read the book, but apparently... When asked, they said that they believed that Lucifer and Satan were actually a thing in their way of thinking. Excuse me, he got Jesus Christ in their theology. Um, but there were also, whether it be Lucifer or Satan, whatever you want to call him, her, whatever. Oh, they're asexual beings, I'm sorry. Yeah. That yeah. alien. I apologize. Um, was a bio living biological being. Because you have to be living to be biological. So I don't know why you put those two words together. Unless you're a Borg. Okay. But they had displeased the chief. Don't ask me who the chief is. By getting his own ego trip. 
you you guys cannot we have to one day record these in video when we get yeah. the studio because i have some really funny um gestures yeah. and it's hilarious so also do you know how much easier it is reading the book with my glasses on absolutely easier and you're like you dickhead why do you think you spent so much money getting all right i'm gonna yeah. shut up um so pretty much they say that they chose Rancho Santa Fe specifically because it's very close to LA. Um, and they very much subscribe to X-Files and the whole I want to believe system. And um, they were very much pseudoscientific. And they were very much kind of into science fiction. Uh, and classic tropes such as obviously UFOs, interstellar wars, alien technologies, alien human hybrids, and we know that they are referred to God and his son Jesus as extraterrestrial beings. Um, but they were very much, if you look back retrospectively, you can see that they drew a lot of material from sci fi. For example, they said that Jesus Christ is a captain, um, just like Kirk and just like Captain Picard. And I'd also like to say, I did this and I was emotionally scarred, but in your head, caption Picard. Yep. And in your head, generate the picture of Applegate in that final oh, video. Oh, no, don't wreck that for me. That's bad. All right, don't picture it. That's bad. Don't picture it. But I did and mine, blown. Okay. So, um... Where was I going with this? Okay. It looks like a bad version of Professor X. Yes. Yes. But he was really... Obviously, you can see where they chose Star Trek rather than, rather than Mutants, right? Yeah. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. It's just, just I just... I can't... I don't even know how to talk about this. I don't... I've... Honestly, I feel so sorry for the person who fulfilled this order. Actually, no, because it's a retrospective analysis. It's not like I'm no. subscribing to this belief system. But I feel so sorry for the person who had to send me this book thinking that I am this kind of person. All right, so I really don't want to give you more analogies with Star Trek, but I kind of have to yeah. do it, okay? Yeah. I'm so sorry, but put aside your love of Star Trek and let's just disrespect yeah. I'll let you disrespect their way of thinking alright yeah. I'll let you bully them on this yeah. so they reference the Enterprise by saying that their UFO was going to ferry them to heaven like Starship Enterprise ferries the crew yep. back and forth alright um, so much so you know how the Starship Enterprise is almost a character in its own right yes they did that with their UFO Oh, God. Okay. Except they were more general saying it was a spaceship. Black Starship Enterprise. And and you know how Starship Enterprise travels like a cloud of light? That fucking scared the shit out of me. I'm not No, actually, that sounded like an actual cloud That wasn't deliberate. You know how the Starship travels like a cloud of light? <laughs> So would be their descent to heaven. Ascent, <laughs> ascent to heaven. <laughs> right. Um, so apparently, <clears throat> this is where we go crazy. Get crazy. Get wild. Let's party. 
Get Michael, let's do a um you know how we're on a house arrest? Yeah. Can we watch Jersey Shore together? Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We won't do the reunion seasons. <laughs> just the old school ones that we recorded almost a decade ago. Please. Oh, oh yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, cool. So um what they decided was, you know what? Let's not only wear uniforms, but let's build a spaceship looking area in a camp that we will buy. Right? And use sciencey sounding terminology when we name our rooms. For example, who the fuck needs to call a kitchen a kitchen? That's going to be the neutral lab. Yeah. Right? Laundry. Ain't ever heard of her. Let's call her the fiber lab. Fiber lab. You need to work in an office? No, no, no. It's a compu lab. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so, basically... Um, there's this religious studies scholar by the name of Carol M. Cusack. I would assume she'd be a doctor, but whatever. And when she talks about invented religions, she argues that for many religious people today, the absolute distinction between fact and fiction, real and false, no longer holds. So basically, when you believe in a system of thinking, you are all or nothing gunning for it. Yeah. Right? And so they were all or nothing gunning for it um and like uh i just they would look they would disrespect their theology and ultimately the final action um ted turner like it was criticized so much by the media um they obviously they questioned their sanity uh ted turner who was a founder and board member for cnn listen just listen to this he called the suicides a way to get rid of a few nuts could you imagine saying that about a human being? Yeah, that's a bit rough. Like, could you imagine? And then so... Obviously, I spoke about how the group made exit videos in the days before the majority of the group committed suicide. And they were very clearly tried to convey why and how the beliefs made sense to them and they recognized that a lot of people in the general public would not understand it but they at least wanted to try to explain why they made the choices that they did one person said when i leave i know the media will treat this as some sort of weird bizarre cult suicide cult whatever you might want to call it but look deeper than those words look for what we've taught people look for the message that we've taught left behind and we know it's going to be difficult to understand um you know, they wanted to show that they were very committed to the next level. Um, rejecting the human level made sense to them. They became totally obsessed by it. Yep. Uh, if you're interested, the one that gave them the idea about the uh, apocalyptic turn yep. was a King James Version Red Letter Bible. Oh, well, there you go. Apparently their Bible was marked with 26 discrete passages. Uh, spread over four books, being Matthew, Luke, Galatians, and Revelation. Oh my god, the fact that I said all those so flawlessly. Oh, it's like divinity all over again. What about um, Austin 3.16? No. So, <laughs> apparently, um, these... Or, or, we know that all these books are part of the New Testament, um, and they focus on either salvation... Sorry. They focused predominantly on Jesus's salvation... And um, reincarnation, right? Yeah. He rose again. Yeah. Pew! Right? Pew, pew! And then within there, you have the nature of Jesus, you know, his 
incarnation, the need to forsake worldly attachments, attachments is any of this sounding familiar to you? Yeah. And um, predictions of judgment, of persecution, and resurrection. Sounds like a really bad update to Skyrim. <sighs> yeah, uh, they're very interested in miracles. Uh, they determine them to be healings. It's a miracle they got that far. Um, when they annotated their verses by theme, uh, they thought, obviously, that heavens represented the physical space beyond the atmosphere of Earth, um, that God, their Father, would speak from an overcloud, overhead cloud, um, recognise Jesus as his extraterrestrial son, but they didn't say, you know, the nature of this cloud or anything like that, or, you know. So people are saying, are you saying that it's a UFO as you and I would envision a spaceship, or is it some random cloud? I reckon they're, you know, envisioning some cloud. Whereas if they go out and see a cloud, see a UFO, I go out and see a cloud and I look, it's a hamburger. Oh, look, it's a giant velociraptor. All right. It's a bunny chicken. This is the second penultimate step, oh, if we you like. will. And for this all those people one. out there, we all enjoy penultimate steps. I need to take a sip Penultimate. Okay. Also, look at it this way. If you're out having a steak, what is the penultimate moment at which that steak becomes penultimate? Obviously, you know penultimate means second to last, right? Yeah, I know, right? Because okay. I guarantee you, if I had a medium rare steak, some people would say that's a second well, listen, to last. Are you telling me that even after this whole virus epidemic, you're still going to order things? No, as in I'd rare? make it myself. I'd be going medium. You're still going to make things rare. No, medium. But medium so, is rare. But hypothetically, there's people out there who go blue. Like it literally goes moo. So why don't they just go out into a field and take a, take a bite out of a cow? As it runs past, in the words of Gordon Ramsay. It's not The Simpsons. Okay. Anyway. So. I digress. Buckle in. Buckled in. Stop flicking your fingernails. I'm buckled in. I'm trying to deter the spaceships. Can't you hear them? This is the third tier out of four. Third tier. All right. We're almost at God level. Apparently, suddenly. Suddenly. They decide. Decided. That. Marshall <laughs> is the reincarnation of Jesus. Wow, didn't see that coming. So before, you know how I said there was Jesus and then them? They have decided oh that Marshall is Jesus. Okay, he's just the reappearance of Jesus in another human body. Wow. And so they were really big on the internet. They had their own forums. Apparently a lot of people were computer techs and wizards and stuff that were part of the group. Um, and so on their website, on their forum, he wrote, or someone wrote for him, I am about to return to my father's kingdom. This return, in quotation marks, requires that I prepare to lay down my borrowed human body in order to take up or recenter my body, in brackets biological, belonging to the kingdom of God, as I did approximately 2,000 years ago, as Jesus, when I laid down the human body that was about 33 years old in order to re-enter my body belonging to the kingdom of heaven. As I say in America, that boy got a lay off the Kool-Aid. No, the boy needs therapy. The boy needs therapy. The boy needs therapy. So, uh, sometime between 92 and 94... They produced a ton of satellite television broadcasts. Unfortunately, also fortunately, Australia didn't pick any of them up. Yeah, because Australia was like, this is... Too weird. This is uh, a little bit strange. Let's uh, go back to watching kangaroos, you know. Skippy. Skippy the bush kangaroo. That and Flipper. So apparently, 
1994, he was very much gunning that he was Jesus. Yeah. Their meeting posters were, he's back, we're back, where will you stand? Over there. Preferably um, off-centre. So... I don't... It's literally the point where someone's gone, okay, I can't think of anything more inventive to do, so I'm just going to start creating a chain reaction now to the point where we reach Endgame. Well, at this point, it was just him because she had already passed away. Yeah. Um, and so he needed the next big thing. Like, when you're a showman, a solo showman, yeah. you're a one-woman show. you got to sell it, baby. Yeah, you got to sell you're it. You're the only thing standing between, you know, the yeah. only thing standing between them exiting... And the money they're going to give you yeah. is how you sell the show. Yeah. Right? So then he's like, these aliens are actually angels. Um, and then there's this image that's in the book, but it's in black and white. I'll show... Can you just... Obviously, it's in black, black and white. But describe this being for me. Okay. Think of it this way. They're oh, wearing, that's my chair, not my guy. They're thinking... Okay, look. picture this. White silk robe. No, no. Don't do colours. Just do... Okay, picture like Star Wars, uh, sorry, Star Trek um, outfit, tight fitting, uh, probably some kind of lapel on the collar. Can we collar. describe the being, not okay. just clothing? Okay, bowling We've ball We've already head, established no that hair, it's Star Trek. No ears, big black eyes, essentially. So can we say it's very um, androgynous? Absolutely androgynous. No ears, massive brain. Yeah. Eyes that travel through time. Exactly. Nose, mouth, but very androgynous, no hair. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. No breasts. Nothing. No sexual... No. Nah. Uh, fuck, that scared the shit out of me, Stephanie. You're scared them as well. Nerd. Scared them. Alright. So that's a picture of a next level alien. You could probably Google it and Net. find that. Yep. Um, apparently, when you look at the picture, when you Google it, the alien is grey. Oh, there you go. Um, I would also like to point out, as <laughs> my dad's parents were pretty fucking dank and cool, retrospectively probably not so much, but I would like to say they allowed me to watch some pretty cool dank shit, such as Jag and such as um, X-Files. Yeah. Right? I don't know about you, but I distinctly remember, because I'm very fucking emotionally, not emotionally scarred, but it's seared in my brain, some of the scenes from those episodes. Yeah. Specifically the one where the guy's climbing, the the guy who's supposed to be the thing is climbing up through, I think it's the, what do they call the the wall? The maids used to use it and you put something in and the, and it would go down. Uh, dumbwaiter. That's it. And he climbed, was it the dumbwaiter or the elevator? The I can't waiter. fucking remember. And he gets severed in half. Yeah. I was four years old and my dad's parents watched that in their living room in the house I was brought home from the hospital in and lived in for a year of my life, right? I sat between them on the couch, watched that after the episode of Jag, and then was expected to go to bed because we all had to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning Jeez. because my grandpa had to go to work. So, when I tell you I remember the aliens in X-Files being grey, mm-hmm. I remember the X-Files aliens being grey. And apparently this goes a lot further because um, we'll talk about it in another episode because I did not know about this. But apparently this description of an alien is called a grey. Yeah. Right? And so Betty and Barney Hill... Uh, were one of the first kind of abductee stories, and this was during the 1960s. 
And so they pretty much said that their description is of the grey. So they made whoever they is being the industry, yeah. right? The the uh, entertainment industry from the grey's description. Sorry, from the hills description where they said he had an enlarged bald head, sunken eyes, a tiny mouth, tiny ears, and they looked intelligent. They looked aware. There's no gender. Uh, very gender neutral. That's why I said androgynous. Yeah. Um, and then you said silver clothing. Yeah. Right? So that's the f- main description that we have of aliens. Yeah. Otherwise, the other side is green people. Other side is lizard people. Yep. But we can talk about that in something and then else. Don't forget the crab people. Crab people. I'm thinking crab, crab people. I think people. of... Um, uh, it's not Ant-Man. What's he called? The sword, the, the, the triton-holding guy, Jason Moema, Aquaman. Aquaman. Them crab people. Crab people. The, the trench. So basically, people you see here that there's a lot more sci-fi than meets the eye. Well, they definitely transformed themselves to because it was more than meets the eye. They were in prime condition. Pretty much. They didn't bumble... Between words. So apparently, um, some person asked them while she while uh, Nettles was still alive. They asked, um, you know, how are we going to get on board? Are we going to be able to see everyone get on board? And then they said the spacecraft will not land. Individuals will be lifted up to the spacecraft if they have overcome. That is why, if you go on this trip, you have to overcome everything. If you have not overcome, you will not be lifted up. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, so... They were very adamantly insisted for a long time that you had to be alive to undergo the transition. And we've said this several times, right? Yeah. So you physically would be alive. You would take your human body with you, but you would teach yourself how to evolve it. So that way, by the time you got there, boom, you're next level alien, right? Next level. But something... So, they were asked, do you have to die when you transition? And they said, absolutely not. Right? But then, somehow along the way, she ended up passing away. And this caused him some kind of cognitive dissonance. Um, His life took a massive hit. Um, He needed to twist it into something so that he'd be able to cope and rise to the occasion within the group. Um, it's very clear, and for his followers, he very much underplayed the extreme emotional turmoil that he went through at the death of his essentially spirit partner, right? Yeah, he kind of dropped the ball even more and started yeah. to spiral. So basically, they knew that she was sick, so that makes me think that a lot of people say it was either liver or lung cancer. Yeah. Right? Um, so... While she was sick and straight after her death, the members of the group started to spread rumours about, look, if she can't handle it, and she's a leader, mm-hmm. and she can't heal herself, yeah, right, and the teachings, and I don't know what the teachings are, someone tell me. I looked, I can't, I don't fucking, I couldn't fucking find it, but if she can't deal with it, and it's her, yeah. how are we supposed to get our bodies ready for the rigours of space? So we'd have to say she's preparing herself to, you know. Right. But they're saying she, if we can't, we won't be able to survive the transition. 
So then he heard that and was like, we need to abandon the vehicle, vehicle being your hardware, your body. But no one was talking about suicide at this stage because everyone's like, oh, we're just going to abandon ourselves. Our bodies are going to go on the UFO. We're going to transition into our new beings and we're going to be there to party, you know? Um, So our new bodies will be waiting on the other side for us. Apparently, everyone at that point was so drawn in that only one person left after she passed away. Yeah. And then this is where he starts to get more apocalyptic. Yeah. He's very more into conspiracy theory. Uh, He's very much into discussing forms of Armageddon. He really liked his horticultural metaphors. Um, We talked about the harvest already. Yeah. You know, it's harvest time. The garden needs to be spaded. It's time for the recycling of stoles. It's time for some sort of graduation. It's time to be put on ice. It's time. Um, So he pretty much, like, there's... I'm sorry, I can't cover everything. Because there's a there's lot. There's so much. It starts. I also getting... want to mention that. Oh God, do, do, we probably we'll have time for this. Yeah. But a lot of them underwent chemical sterilization. Yeah, chemical castration. Um. Now, also too, the thing with that is. It's very fucking painful. Apparently, there was a nurse that was in the actual group that tried to do it first, and it was done so badly that the person nearly died. So apparently... I'm nodding. From, you can't see me nodding, but I'm yeah, nodding. But apparently from then on, all chemical castrations was were formed in a hospital, but eight of the mem- eight of the males out of the group... In the, ha- in the camp. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of go... Yeah. And then apparently a member left after that. Yeah. Um, so the first time that the group took the... Like mentioned the need or the possibility of religious suicide, um, and it was it was publicly alluded. I should say was in August of nineteen ninety four, where they published a poster that was titled "The Shitting of Our Borrowed Human Bodies May Be Required in Order to Take Up Our New Bodies Belonging to the World." Right. And he reasoned that this was okay because not only did um, because Jesus did it as well. You know, he willed his death nearly 2,000 years earlier. Um, and because Applewhite is the same religious being as Jesus, yep. he was reincarnated from Jesus. He has that personal experience. Um, I am it. Jesus. I am ready to go back with my father. Yep, I can do it. So one member hears this, packs his bags, and leaves. He's like, up, gone. Um... So, he was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not dealing with this. I'm, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yep. Bye-bye. See you later. So, to them, it wasn't suicide. It was graduation. Yeah. To them, suicide would have been staying behind on a doomed earth rather than joining both Nettles and Marshall into yeah. the next level, right? Um, so, they were like, look, if you die with us, you're technically not dying. Yeah. From what I read um, and what I in this book as well, interviews with former members, devotional handbooks, behavioural guides, field notes um, from people who lived amongst the groups or questioned and interviewed the group, um, textual audio and visual material that the group published themselves. 
their religious practices, and I think I mentioned this, just generally involved bodily control. Don't fucking ask me what that means. I think that means abstaining from sex. Most likely. Um, yeah. Means of dwelling in this world while simultaneously trying to escape it. They really try to dehumanize themselves to become extraterrestrial, heavenly beings. Um, meditation was very big for them. Um, they didn't like to, again, own property. They tried to dwell in paces and they'd bounce. Oh, sorry, I need to take a drink of water. Yeah, it was like they just followed a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, and so they dwelled in places. Um, they ended up, because they were very mobile, right? So they're moving around from campground to campground and then from house to house. And we already said how some people would split up into separate groups and that kind of thing. Uh, so more specifically, I want to talk about this camp that they had, that they transformed um, in Manzana in New Mexico in 1995. So what they wanted to do was to create a multi-building community modelled on the Earthship, also known as Starship Enterprise. Starship Enterprise. Um, and they wanted to build these structures using recycled tiles because they wanted to tires and they wanted to sustainably live. Um, and create self-sufficient homes not dependent on external sources such as electricity, sewage, or water. Now, I'm going to show you this photo, and I want you to describe to the lovely viewers at home what you see there. Because I see a shepherd holding a spade standing on a wall of tyres. Yeah, so essentially I see wall of tyres. He almost looks like a monk. A shepherd, right? Yeah, shepherd monk with a shovel and a wall of tyres. Yep. Is he tired? He would be after building that wall. He also looks happy. And he's holding a sledgehammer in the other hand. I wonder why. Um, And you mentioned he looked very monk-like. Yeah. And that will allow me to transition. You did that so artfully. Thank you so much for helping me. me. Um, I'm Orthodox. And in um, the Orthodox monasteries and convents, when you join the church, you have to take up... You get renamed, yep. essentially, right? Um, and this is to deconstruct yourself so you can reconstruct yourself in the eyes of God. You were so going to say something. So was, was he technically renamed then Thelonious Monk? No. No piano no. music there? Um, uh, no. Uh, um, so for the purpose of Heaven's Gate, Applebyte saw that renaming them would help shift their attitude and perspective um, so that, that way, like, Again, it's another transition to the next level. You're cutting your ties of your previous life, and we're moving forward. So talking about moving forward as well, I understand they call it Heaven's Gate. Do they also have Heaven's Driveway, Heaven's Footpath? Heaven's we don't need no driveways and no cars. Heaven's which, In which way we're going, bro. No, heaven's no. Drawbridge. No, that's... How are you going to... Becky, how are you going to build a drawbridge out of tires, Becky? I don't know. Exactly, Becky. Maybe roll Think about around. this. Think about the answer to this question. Think about the answer to the question. All right, so you're going to ask me, Steph, what names did they choose from? What tyres did they noom, noom their chaise, the chairs? <sighs> what did they choose? You the know, names. All right, the suffix. Yes. O D Y. O D Y. Ode to Joy. No, because in their world. O-D-Y meant child of God. Huh. Okay, then. Right. For everything else's MasterCard. Also PayPal. Um, and apparently they were told that... Right, so there's O-D-Y and then there's um, O-D. Right? Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah they've got... Just, just listen. 
So there's ODY. Yes. And then you drop the Y and you become OD. Oh, they drop right? the ODY. And All then right. so there's some sort of internal on earth before you transition to the next level. When you master... And you have completely severed all your ties. Oh, they're going to OD 50 big time. You drop the Y from ODY and you become OD. Yeah, you do. So instead of being, for example, the word melody when yeah. I join, they're going to become... I would be melod. Yeah, they're going to be melod, right? Because I'm ready to go. <laughs> right? Yeah, good. My bags are packed. I'm ready for the direct graduation. So that's what they were told. But that never happened. No. Right? So they never got to drop the Y. Oh. Which, we wonder why. All right. So, uh, shit. This is where we're going to kind of talk a bit more about the uniforms, which they wore way, way before the suicides. Um, they started because it made the laundry easier. It was a dress code. It was very comfortable, modest, utilitarian. Again, we're trying to be androgynous. Yeah. Everyone's going to look the same, so on and so forth, right? Um the time of the suicides, their uniform was identical, black pants and shirts, and black Nike shoes. Um, the San Diego Sheriff's Department said it looked like a tracksuit-style uniform, like they'd just gone in from a run. They all wore identical clothing, and they all draped identical purple shrouds over themselves. Um, you're going to ask me why purple, and from memory, that's the colour you wear during Easter. Yeah. And they um, graduated yeah. in... March, close to Easter. Also, interesting fact. Those particular shoes they wore, Nike actually suspended like, yeah. sales. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Also, there has been a couple of people who tried to sell those online for And they would get grand. shut down from Nike. Crazy. They get shut down from Nike? I don't know if they got shut down. But... All right. Anyway, so apparently they each carried a roll of quarters in a $5 bill in their pocket, and that's because ex-members report that this was a sort of inside joke because a lot of them brought small change for bus fares whenever they travelled. Yep. So they just live within their means. Um, they didn't choose the uniforms randomly because they were modelled um, on Starfleet's yep. uniforms. Um, so take from that... With what you will. Yeah, well, you know, I'm assuming they kind of added in a little bit of red shirt action there because. Well, no, because they're all black. Black. Yeah. Um. So they also tried to um incorporate Asian visualization techniques. So. Meditation. Yes. So if I said to you, imagine light passing through your body. Imagine yourself in perfect health, perfect harmony. You feel extremely relaxed. Try to place your eye at the top of your head. Concentrate on this spot right here in the middle of your forehead. Concentrate at the top of your brain. And that alludes to the Indian chakra system. Um, and that's where your third eye is supposed to be. And that's your topmost chakra. And that combines with, um, you know, positive thinking. And in Western tradition, if I said to you, like, imagine light passing through your body. They did that to us when we were praying in yeah. my Christian high school. Right. So these religious practices, again, it was more praying, more meditation. Um, and it was there to encourage members to overcome control of their bodily techniques. And this, they also followed strict diets, not in the way you think. So in order to break their attachments to the very human tendency to enjoy a specific food and become attached to that food and favor some food over others and essentially be a picky eater, they 
followed, all followed one diet for one time and then switched that diet up. Okay. Right? So, um, buckle the fuck up because have you ever tried a cayenne pepper drink as an enema? What? Have you ever tried a cayenne pepper drink as an enema? No. Well, that's what they did. Holy shit. Um... And then so they believed that their food and eating practices helped members look beyond their earthly condition toward an ideal crew-mindedness, otherworldly um, separation from materials of pure terrestrial concern. Right. Because they weren't just going to be earthly mammals anymore because all earthly mammals are going to die. Next level beings, we don't need to procreate. We don't need sex. We don't need to eat. We're going to, like, not need to have cravings for food. Food's just a fuel. We don't really need it. Right. Okay. So what happens when plants don't get water? They die. But is water the same as food, though? That would be for a plant. Um, this is a focusing prayer written by Bonnie herself. It's titled A Focusing. I would like to know more than I know now. I would like to have more control over my vehicle, its chemistry, its thoughts, its responses, its desires, than I now have. I would like to rise above the things that distract me and bind me to this world. There is a spot in the middle of my head. I am now concentrating, focusing on that spot. It's the size of my eyeball. It's like a gland, and then that's where the page cuts off. Yeah, pretty much. And like, meanwhile, everyone else is sitting there kind of going, huh? Do you want to listen to her mental magic healing spell? Uh, Does it have a plus three prayer? fire invulnerable save? The power of life is flowing through me. My body is healing perfectly. Well, it would be after With that. With strong cave. intent and powerful feeling, my body receives a perfect healing. <laughs> Help me have no human ways, <laughs> no thoughts of self, no faults to see, only the ways of space. Know that my heart is fast. In my father's path at last. <laughs> Only the ways of space. Only the ways of space. She wrote a... I'm actually scared. Like, did I just conjure a fucking portal? Yeah, did she, like, world? write a space haiku or something? Change vehicle. Change chemistry. My growth has been offered to me, and I'm choosing to become it. I feel, I hear that spot coming more, more to my life. I'm going to hold on to this until I sit and become even more. And that, people, is why you should not do cayenne pepper enemas because it basically rewires your brain and you do not go, you know, you, you go towards the more sort of Romulan side of things as opposed to the Vulcan side of things. But when in doubt, go Borg because you know that you're going to get assimilated and then you're going to end up on a spaceship in purple. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, very much strange. And as much as you try and take it seriously, it is quite a serious thing. And seeing what's happened and hearing what's happened, read what's happened, I just go to the point where it's, you know, someone really dropped the ball and really appealed to a certain we will class. Get to that. Yeah. And the government dropping the ball too, but that's a different story. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. All right. So now I'm going to talk a bit about why they chose suicide and the aftermath of the event. So this is going to be the last portion of this very large episode but i think you would be grateful because the other last few weeks have been quite short yep. in anticipation for this bumper episode ba -ba. so um what they decided was that they were going to commit graduation in three waves 
spanning between the 22nd and the 23rd of March, 1997. Yeah. Um, they were going to exit the Earth in this final act. Like exit mold. I'm not going to tell you what they took. Um, okay, they, they took another option. No, as in... No, that's what I mean. Do they, I say what they took? No. no. I don't really want to no, they, promote all, anything. All they did was they... Let's you know what? I have to cover it because if it was true crime and someone was poisoning someone, I would have had to explain what they someone took. They took an internal space delivery system. An internal space delivery system of barbiturates and alcohol, specifically vodka. Uh, and then they knew that that would cause their, a depression in their central nervous system. So they knew that they were, it was going to slow their breathing down. So they said, let's make it a little easier. We'll asphyxiate ourselves. We'll tie plastic bags over our heads, right? So they would do that. And then the group of people after them would take the bags off, clean up any residue that was off their face, cover them with the cloth, make sure that they had the right amount of money in their pockets, that their uniforms were tidy, and then they would go on to do it themselves and so on and so forth until everyone was gone. Um, I want to mention before I forget, some members, <laughs> one guy, his name's Neody in the cult. Yeah. He went to Marshall and goes, oh, you know what would be smart? Is if one person didn't kill themselves so that that way we can uh, tell the world why we did this. Yeah. And explain why we did what we did. And then Marshall's like, you're a fucking genius. I nominate you. Yep. Right? So they're doing all this. And then they sent a letter to this guy. Uh, they sent a letter not only to this guy, but to other members of the group, right, that weren't there. Yep. Um, and, oh, I want to mention that this asshole. I remember in Shane's video, Shane was like, at least he died with them. Yeah. Like, he didn't poison them and try and walk out. Like, he believed it in himself, too. I get what Shane's saying, but at the same time, it never should have been fucking allowed to happen. Especially no. since they essentially published yeah. they were going to fuck themselves up. Yeah. Right? That's bullshit. No matter what you believe, you shouldn't have the ability to no. do that. No. Someone should have stepped in. But that's my yeah. personal opinion. I know it's America, and America's are very much the government can't tell us what to do. But that's just my opinion as someone living an earth away. Yeah. So, um, yeah. This, he killed himself, well, he offed himself on the second day of the graduation with his closest helpers. So they mailed some shit to Neody and some other members of the group. So this guy went to the mansion, gets on the phone, calls a 911 emergency hotline, Reports the deaths and leaves. He's very... They had videos and shit that they then published, right? Um, and they were very clear that, look, this is not death, but a graduation. We're adhering to our theology. And people are like, but why? Why did you have to, to us, commit suicide, right? And then the person whose book I read said, because of their dualistic theology and their long-led view that... They had to somehow transition. Their model of graduation from the human world required that they take some sort of step to depart. And the combination of a lack of government persecution and the appearance of the Hale-Bopp comet and its related publicity served to force their hand, essentially. Apparently, he 
as I said, he got really into conspiracy theories. And he was at the point... Remember Jonestown? Yeah. Jonestown had occurred at a similar time point. Yeah. So as they're kind of wrapping up and the, the comet's coming, right? Yeah. They think, whether they believe it or not, whether he believes it or not, the UFO is trailing the comet, right? Yeah. So they're on their way. We need to speed this up. And so he's seeing what's happened at Jonestown and People's Temple. So he essentially didn't want the government to kill them. Yes. So he's like... He expected government forces or the Luciferian agents from yeah. the next level to interfere. Um, and then, so, theoretically, people hypothesize that if the comet didn't come, he might have concocted some other rationale for staying on Earth indefinitely. Like, my father has channeled me and has said we must stay on Earth to, you know, um, convince all other mortals that we can indeed become a higher level human and you know achieve the next stage of civilization that's me talking shit but essentially he could have made some reason to want to stay on earth yeah and he probably would have done that if the comet didn't show up yeah right if they didn't know about the comet but again that kind of all died with the members of the cult right so all that's left is essentially um their writings and whatnot some people uh, pretty much, so they weren't there because they needed to spread the word after the situation happened, but they graduated afterwards. Yeah. Right? So they wanted to jump to. Um, so apparently when he told everyone in September 1994 that... This was going to happen. He in their meeting room. He sat an empty chair next to him, and that was supposed to show where Bonnie would sit. Yeah. And he said, "Look, Jesus. He being Applegate, Jesus, um, allowed Nettles to depart. He allowed her to be killed, so they too would be shown that it's okay to discard your body to enter the next level." Oh, jeez. And so apparently he directed a question to the group and said, what if we had to exit our vehicles by our own choice? Do we have a problem with that? And no one objected. No one said, I unsubscribe. No one even, like, registered any red flags. They just... Let's talk about the red flags, shall we? So they immediately start hitting the press, right? They start publishing posters and advertisements. Um, from 1994, and it's very pessimistic pessimistic and confrontational. For example, <clears throat> the only way out of this corrupt world, he's back, we're back, where will you stand? The shedding of our borrowed human bodies may be required in order to take up our new bodies belonging to the next world. Red and flag. then they realise, you know what, us meeting is too risky. Yeah. So in August 1994, they stopped that. And then... Just under three years later, uh, in March of 1997, uh, specifically 19th of March, they produced the exit videos, um, and they recorded this three days before the members started graduating. And they pretty much, that was their message saying, like, you know, we've been ignored, we've been ridiculed, you can call us a cult, We've already been called all of that. 
Um, but no government stepped in, no family members stepped in, anyone from the outside force, like outside world, stepped in to help them. No one did. They thought that they would be interfered from the government. Their families had come to try and rip them away before yeah. they could elevate. And so they essentially lived in fear that someone was going to knock down their doors and stuff up their plans. So, you know, in that tire campground area, they tried to make a launch pad. Okay, then. Right? When they bought, bought that lamp, uh, that land. Yeah. But um, apparently snow fell on it in winter. Sorry, in, in, in autumn, right? Late autumn. And then they're like, oh, maybe because of the snow falling on the launch pad and covering the launch pad, maybe Earth isn't a good home. Right. Because snow fell on the launch pad. Okay. Um, and then around this time is when they started to go for castration. Uh, Applewhite himself was one of the people who um, elected to have their vehicles neutered. Because they wanted to control their body and their hormones in order to sustain a more genderless and objective conscious. Oh, jeez. Yes. Um, and the procedure permanently blocked the production of hormones that kept the body intoxicated, stupid, empty-headed, and blind. Right. Um, and so they were able to identify that this happened as well because of the autopsies that they conducted on the people who graduated. Yeah. Um, and because there were so many people, it's theorized that abstaining, um, and controlling their sexual urge would have been very, very hard to do. Uh, it's caveman mentality. Extreme you kind of want a partner caveman. and you're going to want to propagate your clan, yeah. your group of people. Um, so neutering was a, in quotation marks, simple solution yeah and then people said look this is a long this is like a serious thing to do like you must have really wanted to do this yeah because it's such a strong long recovery um there's a lot of uh side effects yeah to getting castrated um getting neutered um and then it also it also shows evidence that in fact that they wanted to get castrated or neutered does that mean that they didn't completely reject their earthly bodies? No. Like, does that mean that they were like, oh, in case, you know, does that mean that they weren't seriously considering graduating? They would have just been like, look, we fixed our bodies to the best of our ability. Let's just go around recruiting more people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it provides a reason that maybe they were considering eventually maybe changing their minds about graduating. Literally. And sticking around. Literally. Um, so towards the final end, they did try to do some outreach and gather an audience. They did, um, get one person, but they did get more ridicule and heckling rather than support. Um, and then they pretty much scoured the internet because like I said, a lot of these people were IT people. And so they would just like sit on the internet all day. And then they were really big into counterculture and conspiracy theories and that's how the Hale Bob Comet literally hit their radar. Yeah. And then they pretty much um, went and used that, dare I say, as the... I don't want to say scapegoat, but that's what they used. And they were, like, really... They actually procured firearms because they thought, like, at the death 
our we're going to die because the U.S. government's going to come get us. Yeah. Not because they're going to shut us down because we're about to commit mass suicide. I mean, mass graduation. <clears throat> yep. But because they're going to come and off us because we've realized something and they don't want our secret to get out there. Um, so he also just right at the end videotaped two lectures. Um, last chance to evacuate Earth before it's recycled. And the second one is called Planet About to be Recycled. Your only chance to survive. Leave with us. Um, and in one of the videos, he says, this is a direct quote. Now, today we have quite a different urgency. It's urgent to me and it's urgent to the students to sit before me. Our reason for speaking is because we feel to warn you of what is just around the corner. I'll try to just put it as briefly as I can and as clearly as I can. This planet is about to be recycled, refurbished, started over. And can I say, if I lived in the 90s during that time and someone on television paid for an advertisement and I saw that, I'm pretty fucking convinced I would believe the guy. I'd be like... I'd, a, part of me, a, lot, a large part of me would be like, fuck... He's crazy. Yeah. But another part would be like, shit, it'd be like another 2K. You'd be worried that shit, maybe. Like, do you think people saw the comet and like, fuck, is there an alien there? Are we the idiots for missing out? There'd have to be some people that thought that. Oh, yeah, there's a percentage of the population that would literally go, oh, okay, yep, I can see that. Yep, well, I'm going to follow that. Yep, I'm nuts. Apparently, Definitely. they listen to underground radio. Yeah, you got to love a good old underground radio. <laughs> so listen to that as what well. What is this, Demolition Man? Um, apparently, the comet was around between May 1996 to December 1997. And apparently at the tail end, you needed a telescope to glimpse it. Um, and we, two amateur astronomers, Ellen Hale and Thomas Bob, actually think we said that. The yep, first we time we tried to record this, they independently discovered the comet on the 23rd of July 1995 as it approached the orbit of Jupiter. Um, and then apparently it was a massive comet, it had a, a dust envelope as large as the sun itself. Yeah, it was huge, which is incredible. Um, it was hailed as the comet of the century. It reached a uh, conspiracy, and well, obviously they chose it for this specific region, but it reached the closest point to Earth on the 22nd of March 1997, and that's the day the suicides began, and then it was closest to the sun um, between April 1st and 2nd of 97, and then so there's a lot of reference of cosmic interplay yeah. with a cosmic lot of religions. Entity. And essentially, you look at all the biblical scenarios, everything revolves around... This, the moon, the stars, the moon, what the else stars. do they have? So they've literally... the, the pyramids aligned. Yeah. But the bit that I don't believe is that the G, the GPS location is pi. Yeah. That one I can't... Yeah, that's... If it, if it is indeed um, happenstance... That's a. That's proof. the biggest one I think I've ever heard of. That's like freaky. Yeah, it's, if it's just um coincidence. If it's is it just an anomaly? Uh, I don't know. That scares the fuck out of me. So I remember like my grandmother telling me like eclipses were really big as well, especially um. Look at the Mayans, and the Aztec culture. They were all about shit. We better do a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, in case the moon doesn't go down or the sun doesn't come up. Oh shit! Yes. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, Applewhite and Nettles, it turns out that they met and, uh, decided to work together when the comet 
Komutek passed over in 1973. Rightio. And that to them was an astrological indication that they needed to work together and that they had come across each other in previous religious explorations. Apparently they loved the comet so much that they updated their website. Um, red alert, Hellbop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Whether Hellbop has a companion or not is irrelevant from our perspective. However, its arrival is joyously very significant to us at Heaven's Gate. Uh, it is clear to us that the Hellbop's approach is a marker we've been waiting for. So it's not like... Technically, someone would have had to have seen that website. Oh, they would have. It's not like someone shouldn't have reported that. Oh, someone has seriously shut oh, their pants. Oh, I fucking forgot. So, they made patches for their uniforms. Like UN Space Force, sort of. No, you know how um Spock yeah, and yeah. what's his best mate? Bones. No, no, no. Kirk. No. Kirk and Spock are best buds, right? Yeah, yeah. You know how they were... They oh, were... you mean the insignia? I'm getting to it, darling. Yeah. So you know how Spock and Kirk would have to get off the ship to talk to the locals on the planet? Yes. And they're technically um, a uh, visitor's yeah. team? Like the scout and Heaven's party. Gate are like, we're the away team. Oh, jeez. I'm not joking. I oh, know, I can see them. Like Does that insignia look familiar to you? Oh, yeah. That's extremely... So that's their rejected design where they were like Earth Exit Monasteries. And then they were like, Heaven's Gate away team. Yeah. And that's when they decided to be known as Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Alright, so, they mailed copies of their videos and computer files to um, other ex-members who were still on good terms with the group. They asked them to post the materials on the internet and to maintain it online for as long as they possibly could. Neody was the first one to receive the package and he travelled to Rancher Santa Fe to see for himself... Um, and then it was him, obviously, like we said, who reported the bodies. Um, and then we already spoke about how they're identical. It was evident that they cleared each other in waves. Apparently, this is the part that freaks me out, but the home was in immaculate order. Each had an identification tag to aid investigators, and they left a checklist indicating how they had killed themselves. They had taken out the trash and paid their last library fines. They'd signed out on the group's um, daily log sheet called the Com Center Daily Log. So if someone had to borrow money, car, keys, or any other so equipment, they, wrapped up they would have affairs. to sign off like a log, right? Yeah. Um, so they did all of that. And then several former members, um, I'm not going to say their names, but three uh, committed suicide over the coming year because obviously the comet is still visible. So technically they thought they could still be picked up. Yeah. by the UFO that they thought was there. And I'd also like to point out that um, there's a difference. When we're in autumn here in the yeah. Southern Hemisphere during March, April, isn't it spring? Yeah. And California gets very hot. Extremely hot. So imagine, and they would have been there for days before yeah. he got there. So apparently the smell was shocking on another level. Yeah. Um, and... I didn't find this anywhere, but my theory is is that the guy that went there and called it in would have had to clean up after the last wave. Yeah. Because you know how they did it in three waves? Yeah. I think that when he went there, before he called, he cleaned up after the last group and then threw away the rubbish. Yeah. Did the bags, and then left. Arranged them, put the cloths over them, and then was like... That's it. We're done. 
let's get this online. Yeah. That's my theory. Um, I couldn't find that anywhere, but that's my opinion. Yeah, it um, went downhill very, very, very fast. So just, you know, looking into what they did, um, it's like, essentially, it went from a cult into religious astronauts. To people looking at a birth chart to, I'm an alien Jesus. And yeah. so the book says, like many Americans, they believed in UFOs, extraterrestrials, and superhuman intelligence. They merely fused those beliefs with their religious ones. In this sense, Heaven Gate was a UFO religion. Yeah, it's um really weird. And, you know, it's been a big part of popular culture too. There's a lot of references to it. There's some silly ones, there's some weird ones, and there's some funny ones. Their Heaven's Gate emblem. How cool would it... When that came up on Shane Dawson's thing, I was like, is that an album yeah. artwork? It looked really cool. And then if, you If you take aside what it stands for... Yeah. I'm surprised Hillsong or some shit. Let's do it Hillsong next, man. Uh-huh. No? All right, we'll do something more metal. Don't worry, I already know what it is. Yeah, we're going to do um, some metal. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say? I'm so sorry. I hope this no, has been no, worth no. it. This is... Listen, do you know how many hours I spent researching this? Do you know how many hours I spent combing through this book and online and just watching random shit and that... Oh, shit. Can I just say, there was one um, news reporter, anchor, and he was retiring on one of the American... Um, news shows right and i think he was on prime time evening and his co-anchor she asked him what story affected you the most yeah and he was like i was one of the reporters that covered heaven's the heaven's gate mass suicide he was just a lowly um you know when you go out on location yeah that's a lowly apparently journalist and so he did that and he goes, it literally just stuck with me. Yeah, and it would. That's just really messed up. So, um, So yeah. Yeah, just really, really, really weird. Um, but just some of the names they came up for themselves too. It was all really, you know, weird. And, you know, in Applewhite's final video, um, that, yeah, just... Weird. That's my chair. It's called Doe's Final Exit. That's the name of the video. Yeah. And it's just weird. But when you see footage of him, I watched the video. He just looks. Okay. You know how they really say. Wide eyes. You know how they say um, Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos was like. Yeah. Like death staring you, unblinking. That's what he does. It's really. And weird. people like the psychic said, you know, he just had these massive eyes. And yeah. he just stare at you. Just weird. Man. Also, is this armchair rocking? No. Because I feel like it is more so than this one. Yeah, probably just needs to be tightened. Thank you. Can you do that for me? Sure. Ta. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, just, you know, it makes you sort of want to go and watch Star Trek now. just to get <laughs> Really? Some... That's what you derive from that? No. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, um, if you have a specific topic you want us to cover... Please be sure to access our topic request form and um, just pretty much set the topic. Give us one of your name, like your Instagram or Twitter name handle, 
um, and also uh, your pronouns so we know how to pr- appropriately refer to you. You can yeah. find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He's Full Metal Chicken. Yes, I am. I'm Steph Fafar. Um, we bid you adieu. Good night. Yes, good night. It's probably good the morning. longest catalog, longest episode on that yeah. catalog. Hope you enjoyed it. I thought I'd do one bumpers episode as opposed to splitting it in half like yeah. I did Scientology. Space, the final madness. I mean, frontier. Um. So that's it from me. Yeah, that's it from Anything me. Anything else? Uh, no. Uh, so yeah. Also, too. Next week we've got more shenanigans. We've got another yeah. previous thirty-seven shenanigans. Um, for everyone who's listened to all 37, congratulations on reaching 38. We've only got two more till the big 40, uh, but they haven't been done yet, so that's in the future. Um, so thank you very very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for even anticipating. Um, and, and you guys, the traction, especially in the last two weeks, has been incredible. You guys have had literally more traction than the traction I had last week with the flat tire. I mean, (laughs) it was amazing. So... Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a fantastic week. May the force be with you. Yep, and also with you for everything else, there's Domino's Pizza and Mastercard. No, not while we're out on... Don't let it... Don't purchase food from any establishment. Cook it yourself because you don't know if the person preparing your food has, in fact, got... COVID-19. May the uh, force be with you. And also with you. Yeah. Um, what's this one? Vulcan greeting. Actually, which no. is... No. Yeah, that's What does a this Vul- mean? Peace with you. It's, a, it's no. actually... Yeah. What, is it, what do you it's, say when you, we, we say something? You, no, the Vulcan's just... Yeah, but what does that mean? It's just we come in peace. No, no, no. But what do yeah, we say? What what's this, this Star Trek farewell? I say may the force to be To infinity with you. and beyond. No, that's fucking... The <laughs> buzz like you. Be nice. What do we say? I can't remember. I'm too tired. I say to infinity. No, fuck you. <laughs> I say, may the force be with you. You say also with you. Live long and prosper. That's it, you <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> Live long and prosper, everyone. Yes. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Stay home. Yes, yeah, stay home. And you will hear from us. In the next episode. And to the guy with the the pet velociraptor, I know what you're up to. Alright, I'll see you, you later. Bet later. Your ass All right, enough. You enough. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I've been retrenched. Okay, in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, bye. Au revoir. Ding dong there. <laughs>